wandering off to parts unknown to do God knows what. I got a lot of questions about it, but I don't know. He's being very secretive about it, which makes me think that it probably is taking on a new role somewhere, like just moving on entirely. Did I just never come back? I'm starting to think that might be the case. I tell you, it's three days and then... Yeah, right? It's, you know, I'm it's going. Weird. Do you want to know? Or? It's weird. Daddy went out for a pack of cigarettes. and I didn't even think he smoked. It was so bizarre. I'm like, Dad, you I've never seen you smoke a cigarette in your life. He's like, boy, I'll be back eventually. All right. That's what's... I'm very worried about that with Griffin. Um... We're starting a couple of seconds early today because uh, that phone's supposed to ring any minute now, and when it does, it'll be uh, the great Jim Nance on the other end, and we're going to kick off today's show chatting with Jim about um, Raven Seahawks coming up Sunday, which he of course be on the call for, for CBS. Also coming up this morning, Marvin Lewis scheduled to join us, of course, the former Ravens defensive coordinator former Bengals head coach. He's now working with the 33rd team, and he did a video this week all about the greatness of Roquan Smith, and it was very in-depth. Like, Marvin spent a lot of time watching Roquan Smith stuff. It was a seven-and-a-half-minute video. So uh, we'll talk to Marvin Lewis about that. And uh, also this morning, it is uh, a little bit early in the week. I know we don't like doing picks this way, but blame Griffin. And again, whatever his future endeavors are that – We'll, uh, we're going to do picks on a Wednesday. With that in mind, I should tell you, and Ken Zalis will join us, I should tell you that tomorrow we are going to do our annual college basketball preview show, which is another great day for Griffin to not be here. Dump this on Ryan. <laughs> it's a very involved show. We're on Zoom. We're on the phone. We're on... Uh, we got people coming in studio. We got a little bit of everything going on all at once. But that's what we're doing tomorrow. All of the area's college basketball coaches are going to be joining us. Well, fingers crossed. Some have not confirmed yet. It's a very weird bid. I'm planning it out for a little bit. But um, most of them have confirmed that they're going to be joining us tomorrow on the program. So we'll look forward to that. We do that every year. Patrick Stevens will be in studio with us, and then we'll kick off our uh, weekly com Tuesday conversations with Patrick after the. Boy, we got a lot of weekly Tuesday stuff. We might need to see about... I mean, I don't really know that there's any way of avoiding that. I think it's just all going to have to be, there's going to be more pressure on us to add in. Like, the good news for you is it means you only really need one really good guest otherwise on Tuesday. What are you like, talking about? We already got three great guests. I know, but I'm saying, like, you only need one, like, headliner with yeah. the group moving forward, right? Like, it's a solid, we are going to be covering a lot of things on Tuesdays. I guess I hadn't thought that through. Huh. I don't know. There's Me another either. way to go about doing this. Can we move? All right. You know what? That's an off-the-air yeah. conversation that I'm having on the air because it's the first time I thought about it. It's just the way that that goes sometimes. All right. Uh, oh, okay, Jim. Jim's going to call in a couple of minutes. So, good. I got a minute here to recover. Uh, that, all good. Not that we started the show early or anything. J no. I love, love Jim. I'll do anything for Jim. He's the best. Um, on the, Today's program is brought to you by our friends at Superbook Sports. Starting to... Hope you didn't uh, take my advice and put money on the Diamondbacks to win the World Series. Mm. Hope you didn't do that. Did you get your uh, money in on the yeah, but Rangers? Yeah, uh, I took Rangers first five. Um, Rangers decided. first five? Yes. You didn't yes. go with the Rangers hey, plus money for the game no, that you said you were going to go with? No, no. no All right. And I wish I had, I wish I had just kept waiting because I'm sure – I didn't even check the line after they announced that Garcia was, was going to be like, yeah, out of the Yeah, off the roster, lineup. yeah. yeah. Um, 
which mm-hmm. it might have gotten better, but either way. Yeah, yeah right. Winner worked, is a winner. Worked that, yeah, I agree with that. That is how it works. Tonight. And. Tonight, no plus money on anybody. Tonight, both teams. It's a pick em, Minus 105. Both ways. For game five of the World Series, as Zach Gallen comes back to face Nathan Eovaldi, obviously, with the Diamondbacks. Season on the line. Rangers could clinch the World Series tonight. If you're saying, hey, you know, the Diamondbacks have had their backs against the wall a couple of times, like, I don't know, maybe maybe they're not as dead as you think they are. You could still get them at 7-1 to one if you feel like they could have a three-game win streak in them. Uh, you know, they should have won the first time that Zach Gallen pitched. Nathan Eovaldi was not great in game one. And then, of course, they did win last time that they uh, sent Merrill Kelly to the mound. So, you know, eh, it's not impossible. But get to Superbook.com, download the Superbook app, use the code Clark 23 when you sign up, and you will receive up to $250 in a same-day first bet match, win or lose, with Superbook.com or the Superbook app. Again, go there right now, get signed up, and use that code GlennClark23. What a bummer that was for those of us like we sat down, got finished taking the kids out for trick or treating. Well, I'm like, I'll get home just in time. I can sit down, watch some baseball. What a what a night that's going to be. Good thing the matching was <laughs> yeah, incredible. I, I, I heard was, there was snow yeah, involved. Yes, it was a blizzard. Ooh, in, uh, sent the Ooh. Central Michigan. Game. I had Central Michigan plus six and a half. Ah, it was a how'd fun that game go? To watch. How'd that go? It did hit. Hey, yeah. look at you. They look won it. They won outright. Well, look at you. All right, there you go. Big night for Griffin on Superbook last night. Um, yeah, that was a bummer for those of us that were like, ah, just wrapping this up in time. Kids got on. My kids, in fact, once their buckets were like full, my kids were like, yeah, we're good. I was like, we don't have to hit any of these all house. I'd start to think they're going to start stuffing candy in their pockets and things like that. They're like, no, we're good. We got a full bucket. I think they got tired of walking around. So we just head back. That was great. I was like, I can sit down and watch baseball. And then five minutes later, I said, what else is there to watch? Rough night for that. All right, uh, joining us this morning here on GCR, it is always a thrill. It means the world whenever this man takes time for us. He, of course, is the voice of the NFL on CBS, and he will be in Baltimore once again this Sunday as the Ravens take on the Seahawks at 1 o'clock. He is the great Jim Nance, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It is always a thrill to catch up with you, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Well, hello, friend. I'm excited. I'm heading to Charm City, so... That's a good thing. I haven't been there in a while. So uh, we're bringing the crew in for Seattle and Baltimore. It's the main CBS game this week. Hopefully that's the first of several visits to your great city this year. And uh, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, you know, it feels good. I want to make sure I pass along. Uh, Normally, Drew is in with me on Wednesdays, and he is very upset when he found out you were coming on this morning. He wanted me to pass along his – yeah, he wanted me to pass along his best, said – You'll understand he's out playing golf today. <laughs> I always understand that. I didn't yeah. think I thought it was too cold to be out there playing golf. Oh, right not, now, for, not for Drew. For he's a psychopath. I promise he you. Is. Jim, he's a psycho. Jim, this My gosh. This Ravens team, and you know, you've done a lot of Lamar Jackson over the years, and so I know you know just how exciting it is. Uh, whenever you get an assignment like this. But what we've seen from Lamar this year, it's it's almost something else. It's almost a new layer, a different element. I, I am not convinced that even a guy that was once unanimous MVP isn't perhaps playing the best football of his life. Um, how, how much have you seen, how much have you been watching, getting ready, of this new layer to Lamar Jackson in the Todd Munkin offense? 
Well, you know, I watch it all. So I've seen the whole season and I, I have to say, I think that on a national level, for whatever reason, they're still a little bit under the radar, which is a good thing. But Lamar has been brilliant, aside from that game at Pittsburgh, which they never should have lost. And he did, he made some bad throws in that game. But other than that, uh, he, he's been amazing. And you're right. I mean, he's only, what, 26 years old still? He's already won an MVP award. He's got his new long-term contract. And the Ravens are on fire. I mean, they are they're just going through uh, this schedule like it like it's pretty easy a lot of the time, and they're taking on a team this Sunday that kind of is in a similar position on the other side of the of the world on the NFC side. I think Seattle's lost in in all the talk about Philadelphia sure. up the road from you guys and some of the other teams. The Cowboys, of course, always just suck all the attention away from everybody else. So. I think these two teams are legit. I mean, it's not even far-fetched to even uh, – I'll even say it. I mean, I'm not predicting it, but I'm, I, I will say that it's not far-fetched that this could be even the Super Bowl matchup this year. It's very conceivable. So, you, you know, you've done everything in your life. I mean, like you're Jim Nance. Do you still get juiced for, oh, I've got, you know, this type of uh, Lamar Jackson in a game like that. Does, that? does that still impact you, or is everything completely even keel – Every week, no matter what your assignment is. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Are, are you kidding, Glenn? I still get so excited. I was talking to our producer, Jim Rickoff, this morning. And uh, he has a birthday today. And I, he, he was just saying, you know, we knew each other back in the 80s. He said, it's just gone so fast. And we both agreed that you get into this bubble where you get so fired up and so focused on whatever your next event is, your next movie, your next game. We call them movies. The, the broadcast you got to go you got to go handle that you know all of a sudden you wake up and yeah you're you're 39 for me <laughs> and i get so lost in the process the preparation the travel uh the places i like to visit when i get into into these cities i have my own places i like to go in baltimore around the harbor uh that you suddenly it it just time goes by because you're enjoying it and yeah you're you just geeked out about it, and that's how I feel heading to Baltimore this week. So, I can't wait to get there. So it, I, I realize I asked this question at risk of like people now stalking you, but can you share with us any of the places <laughs> that that you like going when you're in Baltimore? Can you maybe pass? Well, like, we won't tell them yeah, when there's you're there. a couple of restaurants. You know that whole harbor uh, area that was renovated now. It's been a long time. I like walking around there, and yeah, there's some good restaurants that that I hope to hit. And I love little Italy, which is very close to where we stay. I mean, it would be uh, an ambitious walk, but it's definitely walkable. And I, I like to try to go one night down there if I can. So, uh, I love the stadium too, by the way, I, I find that the Baltimore stadium and the Minnesota stadium, maybe it's a purple thing. I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> or whatever you want to call that color. It, it, it feels kind of close and compact and r- really a good experience for everyone that's inside the building. So I, 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 like, I like calling games from there. And, um, you know, I know it's going to be a, a frenzy on Sunday. The weather's going to be good. It's going to warm up into the mid to high 60s. It'll be a, it'll be a great day for football. And Jim Nance is with us. Of course, Raven Seahawks Sunday on CBS and, we apologize in advance if anybody's just stumbling through Little Italy, like coming in and ducking in and out of like Chipperellas. Like, is 
Is Mr. Nancy? And I, we apologize for that in advance, Jim. Um, Jim, you mentioned the, the possibility of this being a Super Bowl matchup. It, it, we always get nervous about saying those words. I, with the Ravens specifically, how much of this is whatever they do in the regular season, and it, it's been good of late, they still have to prove under Lamar Jackson that they can be that team that's ready to make a run. The unfortunate part is we haven't had as many Jim Nance games in in January in recent years because the Ravens haven't made deep runs in the playoffs uh, in a long time. How much of that is, you know, this is great what they're doing in the regular, but how much do we have to measure that by, but they still have to prove it once they get to the playoffs? Well, look, we're basically at the halfway mark of the season this week at week nine of an 18 week regular season. So there's still a ton of things that could happen. And we know how big injuries play in all of this, whether it's your team or one of the teams that you're battling with for seating down the line. You just never know how this is going to play out. But I have so much respect for this organization. I mean, everybody in this organization, right from the very top and the owner there, who is, to me, just one of the great guys. He plays um, it very much kind of under the radar. He's not looking for any acclaim or any on-camera time. or he, he just wants to be in the background right through to the coaching staff and the players. I, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm talking to the local market here, and I'm not saying anything that I will turn around and say uh, the same thing at a different market next week, but I really truly mean this about that uh, Ravens organization, right through Chad Steele, who's the best at his job at being a PR guy in, in the league and uh, much more than just being a PR guy. And then your head coach, and I've said this on your show before, yeah. If I was to start, if I was to start a franchise, somebody said, "Go out and pick a coach and let him let him lead uh, your organization." Who would you choose? I would choose John Harbaugh. I have so much respect for what the consistency, the class, the way he builds and runs a program, even the way he handles the press conference. I don't even, I don't even hand, I'm not even in on these press conferences, but I, I see them or I read the transcripts every week, and just the way that he walks in. Greets everyone, uh, thanks them for being there. I mean, there's some like little nuanced stuff that plays throughout this this franchise. It's a winning culture, is what I'm trying to say, and it's impressive. And I get, you know, I have the benefit of being able to compare. I'm in all these buildings and facilities. I've been to them all many times over, and I know when I see something that's working and it's effective and it translates to W's in the end. And that's what you have with the Ravens. And it's not far-fetched to think that they're capable of playing in the big game in Las Vegas in February. I've already had two Super Bowl experiences with this franchise. Down in Tampa, a long time ago, Super Bowl thirty-five. Down in New Orleans, 10 years ago. Um, you know, these, this, this, is, this is not far-fetched to all the things that that perhaps this is going to be another one of those great seasons. Yeah, can't help but notice that there's been it's been good. CBS Super Bowls over the years have been good for the Baltimore That's Ravens. Right. Maybe there's a little synergy there right now, Jim. Nance, You're right. Thinking about it, you know, we get them every third year. Yeah. Yeah, we get we get we get the big game every third year. It's about to go to every fourth year because they're going to have now ESPN slash ABC right. in the Super Bowl mix after this year. Uh, it goes on the four year rotation. Uh, but Baltimore has been in two of our games since we got back in the NFL in 1998. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, 
it's, it's become, like, you can't say commonplace, but it's become uh, a two-time occurrence, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen again. Jim, if I could ask, because, and, and I know we're not, we're kind of ignoring Seattle a little bit, but and I don't want to, but you, what you brought up about John Harbaugh, it, it's interesting to me because there are, as there are in every city, there are John Harbaugh detractors, and I always end up scratching my head and just saying, what? The guy is a Hall of Famer. What are we doing here? Um, do you have a sense for why he's been able to have such longevity? Like, this is not a league in which coaches, you know, stick around for more than a decade. And maybe it's interesting because we see another one on the other sideline on Sunday and Pete Carroll. Like, this is not a league for that. This is a, you know, a five, six year. You turn them out, you go on to the next one. Do you know what well, the, it, the, the it, secret it, sauce is? Yeah. Well, I had this chat about. Uh, I've already had, I think, three Kansas City games this year, and uh, in one of our production meetings with Andy Reid, uh, just again, there are no cameras in there. You're just having casual chats, and I, I said, you know, what has been the secret to your success? Because you know, Andy's amazing, fourth all time in wins. He said, you know, in the end, you cut it to its core. The coaching business, being a head coach, it's you're in the people business. I said, okay, go on. I mean, it sounds like a cliche. He says, well, it all starts with there, being able to relate to, to other people. And at the head coach level, man, it's going up above you to the people that you answer to, which is there are only a few if, if there's that many. Maybe it's just one. But to the people that are answering to you, to the players, to the people, again, inside that organizational chart. And, you know, I, I listened to Andy kind of explain this. And he says, you know, you're in the people business and, you know, your message has to resonate all the way through, all the way through the facility, all the way through the team, all the way through that tree. And John has that. He has tremendous people skills that people are going to listen to what he has to say. They, he, he can deliver his message and his players are going to play for him. You just referenced, by the way, that he has his detractors. You know, it's human nature. And it's just, it's just a fact of life that you have to tolerate the noise. I saw Dabo Sweeney the other day. I don't, I don't even cover college football. Maybe you saw that. Yeah, he went off. He, was, he went off on, on somebody. And, hey, he had some really good points in his response. You know, he's won two of the last seven national championships, on and on and on. But today, because of social media, the noisemakers, the detractors, they get more attention. They are still, by and large, a very small, small fraction of, of the audience. Uh, but for whatever reason, because now they have a platform, you know, we, we actually want to know how you react. How, mm -hmm. how do I react when I have detractors on social media? Well, I don't, you know, I, I, they've always been there. Sure. You know, how did Pat Summerall react back in his day? He didn't deal with social media, but I'm sure if it existed, I mean, Pat Summerall was a genius. Correct. He was a mentor of mine. He was, you know, arguably the greatest NFL voice of all time, play by play. But there would have been, had there been social media, there would have been people who say, you know, Pat Summerall doesn't sound like he knows what he, I mean, it's crazy stuff. So my, I guess what I'm saying here, a long-winded way of saying is, back with all these people. <laughs> you, know, you have to know what's right overall. And 
I don't like when the five percent get a hundred percent of the attention. I, that's and that goes through everything that we do in the world. The small, small, small fraction of like critics in sport. Why do we care what they say? Yeah, we can listen to them a little bit, but we don't have to make that the argument that determines whether or not John Harbaugh or Andy Reid or Pat Summerall is a good coach or <laughs> or broadcaster, right? I'm just imagining someone saying, like, what's with the Summerall guy? He needs to wake up a little bit. He's like, what the, I mean, he's the greatest <laughs> of all time. God. Uh, oh, all right. You know how many times I think of Pat Summerall? He, he's been gone 10 years ago this year, and I got to work 10 years with Pat. And most especially on golf, but also tennis, and even a little bit, uh, uh, a couple of sideline exposures with the Summerall Madden team back in the '80s. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's, it's getting to the point now where these these voices of long ago, there are fewer people that remember them. But man, could he command an audience with that booming voice of his? that he used just in such proper inflections oh. and with trauma. And yeah, yeah. Oh. True, true influence, you know, in, in, in my life and, and, uh, miss him a ton. Well, and obviously, you know, they'll, they'll never be anything quite like he and Madden together. I mean, my God, we were, we were fortunate to have, I know it was perfect. I know. Oh, I know. I know what you mean, but you know, you had a great one from Baltimore, Jim McKay. Oh, love Jim McKay, and and I know Sean Jim is. Still, can, can you? I, you know, I don't know how inside you want to go, but I like Sean has been really good to us over the years, and I know he's stepping down at CBS. But can you tell me about what that relationship has meant to you over the years? Oh, I mean, I'm going to miss him so much. He he came on board. Um, I think it was about my twelfth year at CBS, and I knew I knew Sean so so well before. He, he, he came to our place because he was working at IMG. He basically helped recruit me to my agent, wow. Barry Frank. Wow. So I worked with him before he came to CBS, and I began to work for him. Uh, but he's just all class, first class. He's juggled so much for so long. And, I mean, to have a career that has spanned, I guess it's going to be close to, what, 28 years when – when um, he steps down and retires after the Masters, I mean, it's been an extraordinary run. There won't be anybody that'll have the reins of a broadcast uh, empire uh, uh, like that again. I can't imagine. But you know, he's a modern day Rune Arledge, who his father worked right. for. Rune right. Arledge was uh, the genius that put those ABC Golden Years together and was the leader behind the scenes. And that's what Sean has meant. To, to CBS at this time. And again, it's harder now. Again, it's harder. There are more voices. There are more opinions and there's more innovation. There's more technology. There's more programming. Um, it's, it's, it's far more complex and complicated. He's handled it adroitly and uh, with, with class every step of the way. Jim, before I let you go, if I could, I, I've been wanting to ask you since the news came down. Um, I know you're stepping away from the Final Four, and our friend Ian's going to take over. And, and I, I know how much it's meant to you because we've talked about it over the years, but I've never asked you this question. I have. Mm-hmm. I know it's weird because you would think it would be Maryland, but my favorite Jim Nance national championship call was Rock Chalk Championship. I don't know why. It just, <laughs> it just hit so well on that moment. I was like, God, that is perfect. Do you have – 
now that it's you know in the rearview mirror, do you have the ability to look back and do you have one that you one particular call that you were like, man, I I really think that might have been my best one when you were working final. Well, you know, you're asking for a three or four second moment, um, in the in in the body of a two and a half hour game. Yeah. So I I don't sit there all day ignoring what I'm there to do just so I can maybe hit something that's a memorable 10 second clip if it gets really long. So I know what you mean. I hate boiling it down because again, this is a product of today. We want that like, Hey, I don't like the way he calls a game because that 10 second clip. What about the other stuff? How about the storytelling (laughs) for two and a half hours? Like I want to hear like, what's your greatest lead to a break? in your career. I mean, wait a minute. You're handling a talk show in, in morning drive in one of America's great cities, biggest cities. It is much more to it than just a little 10 second moment. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, um, but, uh, I, but I think that the Villanova championship of 2016, uh, when there was a buzzer beater at the end to beat North Carolina, that's what you always hope for. You sure. hope for a shot that goes in at the horn. And uh, that's what we had uh, in, in Houston, and, and Villanova won the title. Uh, it's been so fun being around the college game uh, for as long as I was. I just needed to kind of make my life a little simpler. I'm in my mid-60s now. I started at CBS in my mid-20s, and I still you know, am a – proud father of three with two really young children, I needed more time. Uh, and it was time also for, for I to get a chance to be a lead. And a couple of years before the, the 23 final four, Sean and I sat down and said, that's the city I would like to step aside that's, from. I would yeah. like, I'd like it to be in Houston. It was a yeah. gateway city to me. Went to college there. It'd be the perfect place to step aside. And, um, in the end, I got to call 96 Final Four games, 32 national championships, and somebody came up with this number, which I couldn't believe, 354 NCAA tournament games. Not NCAA games, regular season games. NCAA tournament games, 354. Uh, that's like... There's, there's so many memories, so much preparation that went into every one of those calls. And uh, I'm really proud to have been around the college game for as long as I was and meet so many fascinating, great people like like Coach Gary Williams. Of course, of course. And, and that 2002 National Championship team, he's still a friend of mine. And I still run across Gary at least once a year. And uh, I love being able to call that Maryland title game down in Atlanta against Indiana. And, of course, also, shock and awe in college basketball just a couple of years ago. We'll never forget that one either uh, as UMBC pulled off. Oh, UMBC. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> I'll never forget that. And how you know they beat the number one overall seed, Virginia. And, of course, Virginia the next year backs yep. that up with, with the yep. championship. But that UMBC team, the thing that was remarkable about that, you would have thought if there was ever going to be a 16 beating a one, it would come down to a last possession miracle shot or something to happen yeah. in the closing seconds. And the reality is, is the UMBC won by 20. It was so there a- wasn't that magical call we were just talking about at the end of the game. It was over with five minutes to go. <laughs> just playing it out now. 
We still, I'm telling you, we'll, I'll remember shock and awe in college basketball for a long time still, Jim. That's the, I know, I want you to know, I do appreciate the calls from start to finish, but I'll still, I'll <laughs> still you. choose to love the final calls. Jim, is there anything besides Sunday that we can plug for you that you have going on? I know you're always, you know, it, your, your, your toes are in the water of about a million different things. Anything else that we can plug for you, my friend? You know, the thing I work on the most away from Trump, being a dad and trying to be the best I can be for CBS as a broadcaster is, is the Alzheimer's cause. I think you know this, that um, uh, now going back 13 years ago, uh, we created an Alzheimer's Research Institute in Houston, funded it, uh, opened it with the goal of it being the, the greatest and most uh, forward-thinking um cutting edge research institute in the world. My dad had lost his battle to that. And it's named after my father. It's called the Nance National Alzheimer's Center. It's at Houston Methodist Hospital. And we take up a floor there. And we have researchers and scientists and an incredible team and facility there. I'm not trying to plug it. I didn't know you were going to ask me that. I'm I'm not trying to plug it, but I will say this. I spent a lot of my life going around trying to raise awareness, which leads to raising funds to do what we need to do to make inroads on this insidious disease. So uh, I'm, I have a engagement tomorrow on my way to Baltimore. I'm stopping off at Georgia and making a speech tomorrow. This is probably since the start of the football season, the fifth time that I've done an Alzheimer's event. Again, volunteering my time, flying and making speeches. This is what I do. I want to defeat the opponent that defeated my dad. Before I take my last breath, I want to know that we made not only inroads, but we actually made progress to the point where we can treat this. We can actually defeat this. And in the last year, we at the Nance National Alzheimer's Center uh, were a part of a research team that led a trial, two trials, for two drugs that were both passed by the FDA. It's been very rare to get any approvals awesome. in that in that realm. It's been a dead-end street. I know you have listeners right now that know exactly what I'm talking about, who have seen a loved one battle this and how it has taken an entire family to try to keep their loved one's dignity intact, to keep them afloat in the exhaustive process that, that takes place as the, as the caregiver, the unsung hero side of all of this, the caregiving part of it. That element of it is never really talked about. But anyway, we had two drugs that were passed. One's called lecanemab, one's called denanemab, and they are going to be, I believe, the first steps into that never-before-solved mystery of how to attack this, this disease called Alzheimer's that affects millions of lives in this country. So and thank you for asking. That, I didn't that, mean to get on a soapbox. No, but that's a miracle. This is what I'm doing. No. This is what I do. I go around and stand on the soapbox and tell people we have hope. I'm selling hope. I, I'm I, not selling false hope. I will we're going we're gonna to defeat this thing, and we are rolling up our sleeves, and we're taking it on, and I'm proud to do this because I'm doing it for everybody out there, and I'm doing it because my father would want me to go out there and take on this platform that I have and maximize it and try to affect positive change for all these folks out there that unfortunately are, are in that dark 
before unsolvable world of Alzheimer's. I will listen to you talk to me about miracles for forever, Jim. That is incredible. Again, the Nance thank, National thank Alzheimer's you, Center at Houston Methodist. Please apologize to Melissa for me keeping you long, Jim Nance, but I treasure— You're fine, man. I, You're, your family, I, Glenn, I, so oh, no problem. I'm going to lose. I treasure these conversations every time we get to have them. Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS, Ravens Seahawks. Jim Nance, thank you, my Are friend. you going to be at the game? I will, you know, I got to do, uh, I got to do my own show. I will figure out a way to come down and see you beforehand. I will make, I will make sure if that you're there. Happens. You come on down, please. Oh, truly appreciate. I will be there super early, just watching the stadium come to life, and uh, I'll be one of the first in the building. And I, I hope at some point you'll make your way over to our booth so we can have a visit. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, thank oh, you all. Always appreciate. Stay you. positive, everybody. Jim, thank you, Jim Nance. Boy, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that, now does it? Shoo. Could could do that for for hours. Just listen to Jim Nance. Man, that is that is special. All right. Uh we're not gonna take a break, obviously. We're gonna have to keep right moving along. <laughs> we'll deal with breaks when we get to them. So I need to tell everybody that today's show is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Yeah, Jim Nance. What do you got to do? And Jim Nance wants to tell you stories about how he's trying to cure Alzheimer's. You're going to listen to Jim Nance. That's something that I know with certainty I'm going to do every single time, 10 times out of 10. I'm going to listen to Jim Nance tell stories about trying to uh, cure Alzheimer's every time. Uh, we will, I promise, spend some more time talking about what the Ravens did not do at the deadline. We will get to that. I, I am aware. I've got a column coming today at PressBoxOnline.com about the topic. I, I am not worked up about it because you can't force trades. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to pay recklessly in order to try to acquire a player. You can only attempt to make moves, and I have every understanding that the Ravens did indeed attempt to make moves and to improve their football team. It did not work out. These things happen. What are you going to do about that? I am also concerned that, you know, we could get to January and it could very much be that they needed one more winner, one more player who they didn't need to scheme pressure from that could just go win a matchup to try to get... I, I was looking at, like, if the playoffs ended today, the Ravens' first-round playoff opponent would be Josh Allen and the Bills. If they won that, their second-round playoff opponent would be Patrick Mahomes. And then if they were to win that, the likely opponent would either be, you know, uh, Tua or Trevor Lawrence, with Joe Burrow now breathing in. That, that's what you're dealing with. Just to get to a Super Bowl, you could be looking at three matchups against best quarterbacks in football. And I do concern myself a bit that the Ravens could ultimately have used one more edge rusher, one more true ass kicker. But they can't force it. The price for Montez Sweat was significant because, as we talked about yesterday, the Bears have a better second-round pick by far than the Ravens are slated to have. The Chase Young thing, you would say, hey, why wouldn't you pay that price? Well, almost certainly because you're finding out that Chase Young's not going to sign. 
Now, should you still have been willing to pay it? Should you still have been willing to say, well, we think we would, if we don't sign him, recoup a third-round compensatory pick, so what are we doing here? Yeah, I get it. I get that maybe being frustrated. I can understand it. But you can't force a trade. And maybe the commanders didn't want to do business with the Ravens. I don't know. Seems weird. They're not in the same division or conference, but who knows? All right. Um, what we do know is that the Ravens still have a very good defense. And our next guest, of course, is a former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, won a Super Bowl many moons ago. But then it went on to be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. And now this week with the 33rd team, he did a really in-depth video breakdown of just how much Roquan Smith has changed the Ravens. The Ravens didn't do anything at this year's deadline, but they sure did something at last year's deadline. Joining us now, it's always a pleasure for us to welcome back in Coach Marvin Lewis to GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It is so great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Oh, Glenn, it's my pleasure. It's good to speak with you. Always good to chat with you, my friend. Coach, I, I was really kind of blown away by how in-depth you went. I think we all have seen it here in Baltimore. Like, we've all watched how this defense went from, you know, being good to being dominant the moment that Roquan Smith showed up. But it's so hard to quantify it because it's not, you know, a 15-sack a, a guy that's showing up. It's difficult to quantify the value and in seven and a half minutes of video this morning, I said, wow, like this is a, these are incredible examples of how things change. That what, what you did going from here's what it looked like the week before Roquan was here to now what it looks like, it, it's unbelievable how much Roquan Smith has changed this defense. Yeah, I really think he, he came in and elevated, you know, the position. But, you know, the, the mark of a true leader and a true great player is elevating the people around him. And he has been able to do that. Uh, there's no question uh, beside him, Patrick Queen is playing more aggressive, uh, getting after it, playing downhill. The entire defense in their pursuit angles and how they chase the ball is all improved. If there's something that I'm concerned with with the Ravens, and it's, it's crazy for me to say this, Marvin, you're probably going to laugh at me because they lead the league with 31 sacks, right? But it seems like much of it is schemed pressure. It seems like much of it, it's... It's not necessarily someone, you know, on the edge. There's no Terrell Suggs here that can just go win a matchup, kick ass, and get the quarterback on the ground. And I, I worry a little bit about that. But is it possible that when you have players like Roquan Smith, what that does is allow for even guys that maybe aren't necessarily, you know, a, a Jadeveon Clowney at this point in his career can be in better position to go try to win just because of the presence of a guy like Roquan Smith? Yeah, I think he empowers those guys to be the best version of themselves. And and I, the other part, you know, which I did a little part of, I think him understanding the passing lanes and, and the concepts that way that he puts himself in position where the quarterback's got to reload the football. And, and you could see that from, you know, uh, his play, you know, with the Bears when he was there. And then, and, and obviously as he hit the field for the Ravens after the trade, you know, he got, he had one week basically right. to get prepared to play in the game and he went and did it and uh and then you know as the season went on and then they picked up where they left off to begin this season and they're playing great defense right now leading the league and scoring defense and you know in the in the top 10 in every other category coach it, you know i just brought up that right now the ravens like in the playoffs would be facing josh allen 
Patrick Mahomes and one of Tua, Trevor Lawrence, or Joe Burrow, right? Like, that's that's what's ahead. It's a murderer's row of quarterbacks. It, can any defense in the NFL in 2023 be enough? Can, like, can you still keep those quarterbacks, those offenses in check at this point, or are you going to have to just simply hope to outscore that? Well, no, I think you can keep them in check. I think, you know, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, are you going to shut them out? No, not very likely. Right. You know, they've allowed 10 touchdowns this far in eight games. Are you going to continue at that pace? That would be difficult against those offenses and those quarterbacks you mentioned. But, uh, but you know, right now that's where they are. And, and the fact that their offense is being so productive and, and, and what they're doing with Lamar. So it gives you that, that, that buffer. And, uh, you know, they know going in, you know, how confident you're going to be that you're going to play good defense day in and week in and week out. I, I, we're chatting with Marvin Lewis here on GCR, and we're going to link up his Roquan Smith video from the 33rd team on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio. Coach, part of the reason I bring it up is because it's, it's almost hard for me to define anymore, like, what is a great defense? Is a great defense one that, that you know, holds teams in check? during the, Or is it the most opportunistic? Is it the team that gets the most big plays, the most sacks and turnovers, because that's what you need in order to make a playoff run anymore? I think there's no question that it's 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 fact. I mean, I should say scoring defense, which is a product most times of third down defense. Okay. And that you're limiting opportunities that way. You're limiting exposure. You know, the more the defense gets the ball back for the offense and sits on the bench drinking Gatorades, the better you're going to be on defense. And it gives the offense more opportunities when they get the ball back. You know, it also helps control field position the whole third down thing in red zone. And they're doing a great job of that. So I think as they go forward, you know, that that's their, their recipe for success. Coach, you know a thing or two about what it takes to win a Super Bowl. When you look at this Ravens team right now, the defense is playing out of their minds. The offense has had their moments. It hasn't maybe been fully consistent. Do, do you see a team that looks like it's capable of going and winning a Super Bowl? Well, there's no question about that they're capable of, of winning the Super Bowl. You know, and, and obviously getting into the playoffs and then winning in the playoffs, you know, because of what they're doing, playing defense, running the football on offense, and then limiting exposure the other way around. And so, uh, and as they continue to come together on offense, you know, with the new coordinator, uh, they'll continue to progress and push forward on offense. How much have you been impressed by the growth of Lamar Jackson? Like, I, you know, the guy that you saw when he came into the league and you were getting ready for him, who was explosive, but... This, like at this point, coach is is almost otherworldly. Like what he is doing, orchestrating an offense and making throws that, like, there are other, few other quarterbacks can make. How different is he than the guy that you first saw when he came into the league? And how impressed have you been with his growth? Yeah, I really have been impressed with Lamar's growth, and uh, you know, I, I was literally the coaching on the other side his first start. Uh, you know, when they decided to change him from, from Joe and uh, and to watch, you know, that game, uh, I think it was the first third and six or third and seven, uh, they ran quarterback draw. And so all the things that we had worked on for third down, we had to just throw it out the window right. and, and go to plan B. And, you know, from there, he's continued to grow, you know, uh, you know, each year, you know, basically week in and week out, but obviously from one year to the next. And then the confidence, I think, that he has right now in his abilities is great. 
you know, how much of it is just having you, of course, in, in Cincinnati, we're always kind of blessed with having at least one really good wide receiver on the field. And we were we had a bit of envy here in Baltimore some of those years, Marvin, of the guys that you had to work with. How, how, how simple is it to just when you have better playmakers on the field, it's going to bring out a better level of your quarterback? Well, you know, I mean, I think at that position, you need guys who, number one, can make contested plays. And, uh, you know, because everything's not always going to unfold perfectly yeah. for you. And, and so that's, that's part of it. Uh, you know, Mark Andrews has kind of been that guy. You know, if you remember back to uh, Lamar's early years, you know, they went with the tight ends with Hurst and Mark and so forth. And then they've grown now, you know, trying to add the outside pieces uh, to the offense. Um, boy, Rashad Bateman fought for a ball on Sunday in Arizona that absolutely should have been an interception, and he turned it into a catch. And it was like, wow, that's – boy, that has been missing around these parts for years. It has been something that we have been asking for for a long time. Coach, were you okay with the Ravens not making a move at the deadline? Like, Do you feel like they didn't need to do that um, yesterday? Well, I think it's <laughs> – you know, uh, for fans, you know uh, – the 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 trade deadline has become another oh I don't know fan experience literally almost just like the draft and free agency and, and so forth and you know what, what you got to make sure is if you're making changes on your football team is it really going to get us where we need to go and, and what are we giving up for for the future years and I think that's what everybody has to weigh you know that uh, you know a deal that's fair for both sides and uh, you know, it's just interesting what happens, and you guys were discussing it before I came on, you know, that I could hear is, you know, with, with Chase Young and, and the ability to, to, to get him signed. Right. And that's part that goes into it for these teams. I think that was a little bit of the Bears last year in Roquan. So, but, you know, in my opinion, like I said in the article, you got a great young player. Uh, I, I think you do everything to keep that, that, that player in your building because you don't know what's next. You don't know about the next person that fills that spot and how they're going to be. Yeah, it worked out okay for the Ravens at the deadline last year. Yeah. It's been good. So now I'll ask you, Coach, the uh, the billion-dollar, almost blasphemous question that maybe only you could possibly give context to. I- I'm not trying to say that Roquan Smith is Ray Lewis because that would be insanity. But is Roquan Smith's impact on a defense, the way that defense is allowed to be played, in 2023 in the NFL, which is drastically different than the way the defense was allowed to be played in the early 2000s. Is there an almost Ray Lewisian impact that Roquan Smith is having on the Baltimore Ravens? There's no question because as we began the conversation, you know, I spoke about how uh, that player raises the level of everybody around him, and there's no question that's what Ray did. You see that with Roquan. Uh, Roquan was a tremendous athlete. I was at his workout at Georgia, and uh, he could be a starting halfback in the National Football League. And, uh, you know, uh, but I don't, you know, uh, now not being in that in that building with Roquan, I imagine he has, I've heard he has, yeah. that leadership quality that Ray was just, was innate in, in within Ray Lewis, which made him so, and, and as a young player, 20-year-old player when we drafted Ray, you know, he already was the leader. We've been, uh, we have seen there have been some uh, pregame speeches from Roquan this season. He's been moving into that role. I don't know if there's been any like Young Lion or 
you know, what would you do for the, the man? I don't know if we've seen any of that necessarily in those speeches, but he's been taking on some of those responsibilities this year. Nobody did that quite like Ray, though. That was uh, unheard of. And a generation of athletes that followed were like, yeah, I listened to his speeches on my iPod before games. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, is, uh, well, he, he was, you know, to, to, to observe it in person was special. And, yeah. I was laughing with Mike Caldwell the other day, and we were we were laughing about that. And, and uh, you know, those guys back in that 96 when we drafted Ray. Uh, Coach, what's going on in your world these days? What's uh, besides, you know, Well, I'm here at work, here at work at ASU, and uh, uh, we're getting ready for a game at Utah. And, uh, uh, you know, I help assist the coaches here and uh, just do what I can do and, and uh, help, uh, you know, the players and, and – you know, <laughs> the things these kids have to go through today in college football, a lot of outside pressure. So try to minimize the fallout of that. All right, so I know Brian was there for a minute with you guys. Did you guys, like, go mm-hmm. golfing? Were you how, like, Are you competitive? <laughs> we did. Yeah? Like, all right, so what did Brian's that look Brian's taking like? up golf. That was just killing me. I could never believe it. When, uh, when Mike Smith told me Brian had took up golf. I know he is inherently competitive. Maybe not like, you know, uh, some guys are competitive, but I know he's inherently competitive. What was it like being on the golf course with him? Well, that's the thing. He is going to be the best. He's going to work to be the best at everything he does. There's no question about it, you know. And, uh, you know, and and that's how he is. He's competitive. Uh, He's taken the time to take lessons and so forth and understand it. And he, you know, it, it's it's a uh, another another opportunity to be kind of have a release, but be competitive in that. Man, that doesn't surprise me even a little bit about coach. <laughs> Not even a little <laughs> bit that that's what he's up to. Uh, Marvin Lewis, it's always great to, great to catch up with you, sir. Uh, and we will link out this video from the thirty third team for everybody to check it out at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Coach, thank you for hopping on with us for a few minutes this morning. You're very welcome. You guys have a great day. All right. You as well, Coach. Coach Marvin Lewis with us here on GCR. Always appreciate him taking the time for us. And, uh, yeah, it's a deep dive uh, video-wise into the impact that Roquan Smith has had on the Baltimore Ravens. And it's so difficult, right, because, again, we all want the double-digit sack guy. Like, that's the guy we want. That's the sexy part of football. But to try to define why Roquan Smith has had that type of impact even if he's not that guy specifically. Like, don't get me wrong. I wanted Montez Sweat. If you saw my reaction when Griffin told me yesterday that Montez Sweat was going to Chicago, it was like I lost a family member. And I know everybody said, well, weren't you the guy that was banging the table about Josh Jacobs? No, I was passing along what I knew about Josh Jacobs. I wanted, I trust me, I wanted Josh Jacobs. In the context of the Ravens were apparently in the market for a running back, and Josh Jacobs made sense, and then I was informed that Josh Jacobs badly wanted to be a Baltimore Raven, and I said, wow, look at, maybe the stars could align here. Of course, the Raiders, a very functional organization. Jesus Christ. Could you imagine? I just feel for, like, After they said, all those. So they, they don't. There were two, guys, two stars that, you know, That we knew wanted out. Clearly want out. Those two guys clearly don't want to be a part of that anymore. And they don't move them. 
And you could say, like we said yesterday, that in their minds, they're like, well, we don't want to kneecap our coach. They're only they're three and five. They're not, you know, zero and eight. The season's not over. We don't want to get rid of all the good players. We have the Giants and, this week. And then they kneecap the coach. What the hell is going on? And that's the part I can't figure out. Like, was it that Mark Davis was angry that the players weren't traded? Is that is that what happened? That he was so infuriated that they didn't try to make moves? That then he turned around and he fired everybody? Like, I, I'm befuddled as to how this sequence of events works. And maybe, ultimately, it's just bad luck that they happen to play a Monday Night Football game. Like, maybe in a normal world, they play on Sunday, they lose, they get these things taken care of on Monday, and then on Tuesday, I don't even know who the interim GM is. Like, I, I have no idea. I know Pierce is going to be the coach. I have no idea who their interim GM is. But whoever that is says, okay, so I'm supposed to go ahead and make these trades, right? And Mark Davis says, yes. And maybe it's just all bad luck that they happen to play on Monday and that they needed a couple hours to figure out what it is that they were doing. But my God, could you imagine being Josh Jacobs today? Like, I get it. He's, you know, he's, he's wealthy. He's doing fine. I, I'm not trying to create a world where, like, oh, poor Josh Jacobs. I understand there are far worse predicaments to be in in your life. But, God, you're stuck there. Now, again, they're probably better off without Josh McDaniels. Let's be fair about that. They are probably in a better world today than they were yesterday. And maybe it invigorates them in some sort of way. I don't know. I've seen some people suggest that perhaps the Raiders now just outright release someone. I would be, I mean, I don't know. Mm. I, that's that's a really tough thing to do. I think at this point you have to try to hold on, even if it falls apart, even if you end up going four and 13. I feel like you you can't just be giving star players outright releases in the middle of the season. It's one thing when it's somebody and and the danger is they become total malcontents, right? And there is a layer at which you just flatly release somebody. Like if Devontae Adams is so furious being there that he just becomes then you might not have a choice. I thought that would happen in the off season. M- maybe there's a chance that happens at some point during the season, but that's it's not good for the NFL. It is not a good thing for the NFL for there to just be superstar players getting released. It's sort of like um, what the Angels did, right? Like they acquire players at the trade deadline, and then they're just like, hey, guys want them? Don't have to give anything up. Just have them. Here's all the good players. It's like the guy that screws up your fantasy football league because – He's mad. He's like, I don't care anymore, and just releases. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like, then you have to kick him out of the fantasy football league. Like that, you, you you can't have teams just releasing star players. That's not that's not healthy for the NFL. That would be a bad thing. But is it impossible that it just become? I mean, it's utter chaos. It's total dysfunction. Sure, maybe the guys really like Antonio Pierce, right? Like maybe there's a connection. He understands him better, high-level player. I mean, Antonio Pierce was an extraordinarily high-level player. It's funny because we were just we just mentioned Rich Basaccia yesterday. Yeah, I remember, and, right, like two and years and ago. They, they did. They made a run with an interim coach, didn't they? Uh, so, so, they had, so, so they Mark had, Davis has seen this work. They had he's, better quarterback play that year. I'm not yeah. trying to portray, like, Derek. Although Derek, that season, Derek Carr was actually quite good. 
Um, they had better quarterback play at that point. I, and given what it is that they're up against, by the way, Proctor wants me to start using a term that's not murderer's row. He wants he wants something else. You come up with it, Proctor. You come up with a better term that's, than that's all he said. He just said, "I don't yeah, like that." Yeah, he said, uh, well, all, hey, uh, "All about that phrase, murderer's row lately, huh?" Wait, what do you want me to say? I'm not saying it for. I'm just talking about the the line of quarterbacks that are you're gonna have to face in the AFC playoffs. It's nuts. It's bonkers. It's unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's a murderer's row of quarterbacks. Thank you. So you come up with it. You come up with the phrase. I'll go with it. I'm not married to murderer's row. It's just what we have. What do you want, huh? You know the problem is Clemson fans. That's the problem. You guys don't there's there's no appreciation anymore. You can want to apply for the job, apply for the job. Good luck. God, I could listen to Dabo Sweeney sucks. He's like one of the worst humans ever. Like, I mean, that's unfair. That's not fair. He's never like murdered somebody. All right, if you separate all of the really awful humans, the people that have murdered someone and something like that, he sucks as a person. Dabo Sweeney is garbage. Remember, he was going to quit because the players were allowed to make money. Whatever happened to that, Dabo? What happened to that? Were you just going to quit, huh? It's weird. It's almost like they were like, no, we're giving you $11 million. But how dare someone ask you if you're worth $11 million when you're four and four? How dare they? I'll lose my mind at Proctor. Would you come over here? There's Jim Nance. He's like, just ignore the critics. No. No, I can't do it. <laughs> Take him on, especially when it's Proctor, the likes of you. I'm not going to be scolded by the likes of you, John Proctor. We'll come back in. We'll make some picks for the week. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 17th at Mother's North Grill in Timonium. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports and AJ Michaels. And if you or a loved one have a gambling problem, visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on. Where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at costasin.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas
justice in at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. The Orioles brought us a summer we'll never forget in 2023, securing their first division title in nine years. And while the playoffs ended quicker than we had hoped in Birdland, the future is brighter than ever. I'm Paul Valley, and along with Zach Goodman, we'll be with you on the bat around all offseason, warming our hands by the hot stove. From the GM meetings to the winter meetings to the start of spring training, the bat around has you covered for every trade, signing, and transaction as the Orioles look to revamp and regroup for another postseason run. You can watch the show every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at YouTube dot com slash press box online or facebook.com slash press box sports or you can listen to pressboxonline.com slash radio so tune into the bat around every saturday right here at press box what company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses allergens and bacteria aj michaels heating and air conditioning in baltimore and annapolis ajmichaels.com Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along the holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. The scenarios are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Radio for you to Check them out. Encourage you to do that right now as uh, anybody who participates will be registered to win a, a T-shirt of their choice from our friends at Birdland Sports. All right. We good? We good? Very good. Let's. Uh, oh, you know, first of all, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley got together with Rick Dempsey yesterday. If you missed that, Go right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab, youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video, and you can watch Stan, Ross, and Rick Dempsey talking baseball. Right now, it's time for us. I know it's early in the week. Blame Griffin and whatever the hell it is that he is doing. It's time for us to make our picks. We bring in our friend Ken Zalis, Fantasy Pros. What's going on, buddy? How are you? What's up? Every, everything's good, man. Everything good with you? Everything's great. I don't know why we're barely hearing you. We got to get a little more. It we need some more. Good. I can't believe I'm saying these words. We need some more Ken Zalis. That is the first time in my life that I have ever made that proclamation, and uh, I never, I never shall again. It's 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 about time you got there. Yeah, about time. You said that bitch. So, all right, hang on. Uh, which one of these guys am I starting this week? In my as a flex, I got to start. I'm I'm putting uh, both DJ Moore and Puka Nakua on watch. By the way, I am uh, th- both those guys go on watch this week because uh, there's there, it's been a struggle. But I'm keeping them in my lineup, and then I need a flex between Pickens, Christian Watson, Gabe Davis, and Dalton Kincaid. Uh wow, uh, Davis has been good too out of the last three weeks. He has um, been. Um, and Pickens has a. a- I mean, you have to throw 
but his quarterback's a little banged up. Um, I'm going to go Gabe Davis and, and, you know, teams, um, teams are, are single covering him right now. It seems to be a problem, especially in the red zone. So let's see if that, uh, hot couple of weeks continues. And I want to confirm, I'm as exciting as Will Levis was, I'm not starting him over CJ Stroud, correct? No, you're not. Okay, right. I mean it's exciting and all, but yeah. now you're on a now they have film, you're on a short week, right. tough defense. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I I picked I him mean up. he could yeah. he could definitely have a good game, but I, I Stroud's been outside of last week and, and he got it done because of the rushing touchdown. He's been really, really solid. I picked him up just in case there's some legitimacy to legitimacy to what we saw, but yeah, I'm not ready to play him. All right. Can, uh, I, can I get one in? Uh, fine. I'm starting Tyler Boyd over Josh Palmer, Dalton Schultz, and Trey McBride. Is that – or will I start yes, any? Yes, you are. Yeah, okay. yeah, you are. Okay, and I'm keeping Christian Watson over all those guys as well, right? Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's Watson been awful. Is... I mean, let's just call it what it is. I mean, we all loved him at the end of last year, and we all, you know, had high hopes. It just hasn't happened. He's had one game this year. Um you know, the McBride thing's intriguing. I, I it, You know, if I had to tell you today, I'd tell you to stick with Watson. But if somehow Murray starts, mm. eh, you know, McBride's interesting. Right. By the way, Clayton Toon can really play. I hope he gets a shot. Uh, by the way, I have to, I've, got a, I've got a bit of a bye week conundrum. In one league, I'm going to either have to start. Ugh. I don't even want to say these names. I'm either going to have to start Daryl Henderson, Roshan Johnson, or Devin Singletary. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. It makes two of us, but see, I still have to pick one. We're out on Daryl Henderson. I mean, I mean, Henderson's the guy. I mean, he's he's getting the touches. Well, we think Roshan should be, but he's not. Yeah, I, I don't. Singletary, I have no idea what to do with. Right. I mean, the whole the whole Houston running game's just been maddening all year. So all right. I, I, I mean, you go with the guy that's getting the touches. I mean, he's he's ten plus every week. <sighs> I know. Yeah. If you say so. All right, let's go. Let's make. Uh, let's do. Let's do the picky picks. Uh, here's the deal. At the top of the table right now, it, it's been. Uh, it's been a rough little stretch for old KZ. He's now out of first place. I had one bad week. Well, it was a two and seven week, and it knocked you out. It was bad. It was bad, but it was only one bad week. Uh, Nick Kelly, Doctor Nick Kelly, now in first place at forty-two and thirty-six, followed by a glut. In second place, KZ, John Proctor, Andrew Stecka, and Kyle Ottenheimer all just one game back. Just two games back, John and Little Rock. Paul Valley, just three games back, myself. And then, and then, the two guys that you see on camera over there. The experts. Yeah. <laughs> Six games back, we find Ryan Chell. Not, not in last anymore, though. That's true. Seven games back, we find Griffin Bass. And yeah. Jeremy is closed within, despite, the, how many weeks in were we when Jeremy started? I think we were four weeks in. You sure it was only four? I think four it was three. Oh, okay. Three weeks of the NFL. Yeah. Then that was five weeks into our contest. Yeah, okay. Five weeks into the season, Jeremy has come along and is back within 13 of Griffin at the bottom of the table. And remember, what we're playing for at the top is a little bit of cash. We don't care that much about it. It's just, the, you know, you have something at stake. At the bottom of the table, what we're playing for is to avoid having to be the one to come in here dressed as the Notre Dame mascot after taking an Irish dance lesson, performing said Irish dance, also performing Nothing Compares to You and Zombie, while consuming blood sausage, haggis, and tripe, and washing it all down 
with a Will Levist Irish coffee. Boys, you guys right now are in the danger zone. You're starting to get a yeah, little... Yeah, Jeremy's pretty far down there. I think, you know... Yeah, well, he's had a winning you week. Should stop, you should stop making proclamations over there. Yeah. Oh, God. I couldn't believe that Proctor found that. Griffin. I, I mean, you should just stop. Yeah, Griffin being in first place a couple weeks ago and being like, boys, get used to it, when three weeks later he was in last place. Oh, not in last place. Jeremy's in last yeah, place. Pride goes before the fall. God. Bo- boys, get used to it. Oh, Narrator, the boys did not get, Curb your enthusiasm fact, yeah, music playing behind did it Did not in fact get used to it <laughs> Alright, uh, picks are brought to you by our friends at Superbook Of course you use the code GlennClark23 When you sign up at Superbook.com Or download the Superbook app And you'll receive up to $250 In a same day first bet match Win or lose And all of these lines come to us From our friends at Superbook so we dive in. Three college games, six NFL games. Griffin, where are we starting? We're starting on Saturday in College Park when the number 11 ranked uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. As the rankings, uh, I guess I sent last night would have been wrong because the new college football playoff was released. But they're the number 11 ranked Penn State Nittany Lions, and they are favored by 10. <laughs> I mean, they, how are they only favored yeah. by 10? Ow. What am I missing here? It's, what, on, it's what, on the road. What do I not know? I mean, it, am I taking crazy pills? They're playing all the freshmen. Yeah, like There's that. no <laughs> chance anyone in our contest is taking. This is a wasted pick. This number needed to be like 17. Everybody is taking Penn State. Penn State is the pick. You know, believe it or not, Glenn. Yeah, go ahead. Go right ahead. I'm going to take Penn State. Yeah, I can't believe that. That's so <laughs> unlike you. That's so weird. Of course, by the way, this will be the – and it will be even worse. This will actually be know, the week where Maryland's – they're still going to lose, but they're going to be competitive right till the end. Like, they're going to somehow be competitive. 38-34. Right, something like yeah. that. they still lose. It will help them in no way, but they'll somehow be competitive. Uh, okay, go ahead, Griffin. Um, I am uh, – yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm starting to see how Ken enjoys doing this. You know, picking Northwestern last This week, one's the becoming, easiest one in the history of humanity. Addictive. I also saw this stat. Since 1994, there have been 29 teams that have lost back-to-back games as a double-digit favorite, like Maryland. Also, North Carolina, uh, coincidentally, also last week. Okay. Uh, but like Maryland, and then in their next game, they have gone seven and twenty, uh, seven and twenty and two against the spread. Okay. So I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, I, 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 was, I, I was taking Penn State anyway. With all due respect, yes. I did not need that number in order to make this decision. It's a great stat. Right. It's a great stat. Ryan, are you sticking with your pick? That is a. I was looking at this last night when you sent the email over. It is a very big number. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. And Maryland is at home. Barely. I mean, there's going to be way more Penn State fans that are going to be Maryland. By, by the way, Ryan, the last two weeks the numbers were big. Yeah. <laughs> right. Go. Go right ahead. By all means, go yeah, ahead. This is why I'm picking Penn State. Yeah. N- nobody <laughs> thought you were taking Maryland, Chief. Like, there no. are three. No, there aren't. <laughs> There are three backers of Maryland. And somehow one of them is Jeremy. Yeah, I knew it. Jeremy, (laughs) Paul Valley, and Dr. Nick Kelly. Okay, do we all know that Jeremy, like, looks at trends during the week? Like, he looks at where the money is going. get away from the public. Always. Like, whatever. Man. That's how he's going to pass both of us in the the standings. Yeah, it's going to take that. That'll be a bad one. It's going to be like they're they're losing by 17, or they're losing by by 25, and they somehow get two two late touchdowns and two two two-point conversions to get back within nine, and you're like, what? Somehow Maryland finds a way to lose by nine and a half. We didn't think it was possible. 
But like the officials come at the end of the game. We can't figure this out, so we're just going to give him a half a point. You're like, what? All right, go ahead. Going out west, uh, number five, Washington, takes on uh, number 24, USC. Wait, are they still 24? They're 20 now. I think they're 20 now. Who cares? They stink. USC is hosting, and uh, Washington is three-and-a-half-point favorites. <sighs> oh, oh, uh, John Little Rock is suggesting that I did see something, too, that I thought we should do for a punishment. Son of a bitch, I can't remember what it was. Uh, John Little Rock is saying since you were uh, talking all that mess that you there should be an additional punishment if you finish only – if you only don't lose to Jeremy, there should be a, a second layer to the punishment, and I'm willing. Jeremy, to, I'm willing to consider that. Oh, come on, I'm willing to consider that possibility. That's good for everyone. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, USC stinks. What are we doing here? Like this one is the only thing that's tough about this is that Washington has looked not really pedestrian the last couple of weeks. Um, I, but it's only three and a half. USC it, it was one thing when it was just that USC's defense stunk. Like now their offense kind of stinks too. I don't know what the hell happened there. I'm I don't love Washington. I could absolutely see this being a field goal game somehow because Washington has just been pedestrian AF in recent weeks. Not surprised that they were fifth in the uh, college football playoff rankings. Like the Washington fans are like, We we're the only team that beat a top sixteen because Oregon was sixth. And we're like, Yeah, the the thing is we we've watched the last couple of games. They haven't been good. Yeah, I'm still going to go Washington, but I don't like it. Well, I'm going to take Washington. I do like it because that defense over at, uh, well, I don't know if you call it defense. The guys that line up on the other side of the ball when the offense is, is playing against them are not good. And everybody scores at them at will. Oh, you have to go to a Creed concert. That's what I saw. Creed's touring next summer. On if, who's... if you lose, you have to go to a Creed concert. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Right. On it, who's done? On like, I had to pay my own way to see Smash Mouth, a hole. <laughs> the worst dollars I've ever spent in my life. Don't you have a friend? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I might be able yes, to help you. We'll yes. see. I can't promise. Two that. tickets. So I, two. I have to go by myself. Two. What is this? Who I do you think friend. you are? Now all of a sudden I'm realizing Griffin really wants to go see. No, Creed. I don't. I definitely. That's don't what want just to. happened I there. Definitely don't Griffin's want to. now. No, we'll come up with something else. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Ken. Go to a Creed concert. I'm taking Washington because USC can't play defense. I hear you, but Washington tried to lose to Arizona State. That's, That's... Yeah, I get you. I, I got you. I got you. Right. But I, I'm not – like you said, it's only three and a half. Yeah. And I hate the half, of course. Right. But, I, I no, I, I just – I mean, they could be up 14 points at the end of the – at halftime and lose by 15 easily right. the way that defense is. All right. And Penix is good. Yeah, I mean, other than the I, I, this is the real problem. Can I, like an idiot, watch the Arizona State game because it, there was a, a real game that had been on before that, and I was like feeling juiced up about football. I'm like, I'll watch whatever's on. I don't remember what the game was that was on before it that night, but it was a real one. And so I was like, I'll flip over and watch this one now. And the only plan was to watch until like Washington got up by two scores and then go to bed at a normal hour like a regular human being would. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh man, Washington could lose. Like they're they're tra they're trailing. So I watched the yeah. entire effing game the 15 and they, to 7 game. they never did anything they just got to pick six that's it that's all they did they stunk the entire time and i hate myself for it and i think i hate washington more because up until like two in the morning watching that crap football game did, so you're taking usc no oh you're taking washington no okay you listen to the show well you've been it's, it's okay it's not great but it's okay <laughs> There's worse things that um, put on the air. Yeah, USC, uh, I mean, they still don't play defense, and I like Penix a lot, so I don't love it, but I'm going to take Washington as well. 
Ryan. Yeah, I also took Washington. I was looking at that USC defense, and they can't stop anybody. We have our first lone wolf in oh. several weeks. Oh, Kyle Ottenheimer. Ooh, why? Kyle but Ottenheimer. Why though? This is another Ryan Reynolds situation. <laughs> but why though? He is taking USC. Oh. Okay. All right. Lone wolf in it. Let's see, there's a chance. He's only a game back. Now ranked number 14, LSU is going to Tuscaloosa to take on the number eight ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. In Alabama, they are three-point favorites. Alabama started to look competent again, like which I hate, right? And I don't even have a reason to hate Alabama. It's just like I'm sick of them. Get out of my face, right? And like I, Let me see something else. And so early on in the year where they looked incompetent, it was kind of nice for me. Like I don't, I don't have to have Alabama shoved down my face at all times. I don't have to pick Alabama games. Anymore. Right? But then they – they started looking competent again. We always picked two SEC games. And then I said, I'm not letting John and Little Rock have all of that joy. We thought about Georgia and Missouri, but decided to go with USC Washington. So we weren't just centralized on the SEC. All of a sudden, Alabama starts to look like, you know, maybe like they comfortably beat Tennessee and they took care of business. Like they start to look like, unfortunately, they might be turning things around. And it's still Nick Saban versus LSU. Ah. <sighs> I think I'm going to have to go. It's only three. I think I have to go Alabama here. I think I do. Alabama. Yeah, I, I mean, I think your point about Alabama starting to look like Alabama again is a, is a good one. And and I don't, I don't feel confident about what LSU really is. Um, they're one of those teams that are like, okay, they're, they're probably okay. Um, but they're, I still don't think they're that good. And Alabama's starting to play well, so I'll take the the team I think is trending in the right direction. What's the spread again? Uh, three. 3. Oh, oh. it's only three. Yeah. Since it's only three, I'll take Bama. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think LSU plays quite. I mean, they don't they don't play more defense than USC. Um, and I don't love Jalen Milrow either because I like Jalen Jaden uh, Daniels more. Um, and Bama isn't even blowing anyone out, so. But it still, it still feels like Bama is just kind of destined to get back into the playoff somehow this season. Really does, doesn't it? All yeah. of a sudden, we look up one day and we're like, "Oh, f." Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna take Alabama. Yeah. If this, if this game was played like a month ago, I probably would have gone LSU, but I'm gonna take Alabama as well. Uh, two backers of LSU. It is Paul Valley and Jeremy Kahn taking the LSU Tigers Saturday night. On to the NFL. On to the NFL. By the way, we do need to settle this, Ken. Is it just Griffin for the Creed punishment, or if anyone loses to only Jeremy Kahn? I think it's got to be anyone, doesn't it? This is what I'm afraid of. Remember, I did this with Paul Valley once, and he went to a Limp Biscuit show, and he had the time of his life. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to. I'm I'm there. I have to. Go ahead. To be fair. You, you can go to a concert without liking the music and have fun. I, I don't know, man. I didn't at Smash Mouth. I promise you that. It was effing torture. I felt like I was being waterboarded the entire time. I think we have video or I, pictures with you, a smile on your face. I sure as hell did not, although I ended up becoming friends with the Smash Mouth Twitter account for a little while, which was awkward. It was very, I thought we were doing Thanksgiving together that year. It was very uncomfortable. Uh, um, I I am afraid that there might be someone in our group, and I don't know who it would be. Jeremy is, I, by the way, Jeremy's high on the list because Jeremy went to and chose as a human to spend his dollars to go to an Ed Sheeran show Jeremy's, this year. Jeremy's gonna lose, and he'd be like, "I have to go to a concert and get I, lunch that's, made for me." <laughs> I am nervous that Jeremy, in particular, would be like, "I would love to go see Creed." I'm nervous about that. But do we extend it out and say that anyone, if the loser is Jeremy? coming in late then the person the secondary loser whoever finished you know right above jeremy 
whoever that is has to go to a Creed concert next summer. Yeah, that's is that are we in agreement? I mean, I mean are we in agreement that like there's a mile radius that if they come somewhere uh, close? They're playing in Hershey, they're playing at uh, Okay, I I didn't know where they were playing. Hershey's no, they're, there. They're playing real play. Proctor points out the tour you could see the tour finale in Atlantic City if you'd like. You could really <laughs> really go all out, make a make a weekend. Oh, uh, I've never seen a it. show in Hershey, yeah. that would be fun. Yeah, right. Could win a few bucks, so yeah. And Proctor suggests that it must be an, a solo trip. That it like you can't because that also made the Smash Mouth thing worse for me. Like the fact that oh, I couldn't man. go with a friend to like be miserable with that I had to just stand there like by myself, like an a hole at a that Smash Mouth will show. Suck. That it is... was, t- and I tried actually. I tried that week. I was like, maybe I could get somebody else to go, and everybody was like, to Smash. What gross? Can... No. <sighs> I think it w- I think he's right. I think it has to be a solo trip. Yeah, to a Creed suck. concert. That'll suck. Yeah, it would suck. All right. Well, I'll put it out to the boys in the text. Go ahead. Well, move don't put it out. Tell them. Yeah. This All, is... right. Uh, All right. Thursday night football. Yeah, Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday night football is the Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Will Levis led Tennessee Titans uh, on Prime Video. And the Steelers, they are three-point favorites at home with Kenny Pickett saying that he is playing. Come hell or high water. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> is, what, is that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in Pittsburgh's like, but do you have to? <laughs> maybe you could, maybe you could use the weak guy. Yeah, well, Mitch Although, Trubisky. I know, it's yeah. their option is Mitch Trubisky. That's the funniest part. One-armed. Of it. <laughs> it's like Pickett somehow the Steelers rigged the game so that no one will want Kenny Pickett to be out. Like, I bet you miss him, don't you? <sighs> um, I, I, I want to believe that the Will Levis thing is a thing. Like, I, I, I want to believe that. I don't even know why. Like, I have no attachment to Will Levis. It's almost just like... The idea that there's one more good quarterback in oh, football. This guy had to sit through the first round. And it's, it's more just like football's better when the quarterbacks are better. Like when your option is having to watch Ryan Tannehill or watch a real quarterback, I would prefer to have like the chance to watch a real quarterback. Football is better when you get to watch competent, quality quarterbacks play. And so if there's one less team that has a garbage quarterback, to me, that's a good thing for the entire NFL. But I'm not ready to feel comfortable about that after one game. And – it's Thursday night on the road, and Pittsburgh's defense is really good. So, uh, with it just being three points, I kind of don't have a choice but to take the Steelers here. Yeah, that's that's sort of where I am. I, I was really disappointed in the effort last week from from Pittsburgh, but it's tough to take on a short week, a rookie quarterback. I mean, first second start against the Steelers. Weird things happen on Thursday nights. I, I don't want to take Pittsburgh, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, same thing. I mean, it's Steelers are at home. It's Thursday night. It, it is their their defense is still good, even though they you know I mean yeah their defense is good and they're going against a rookie quarterback. So yeah, I'm taking the Steelers on a short week here. Um, Ryan, same. Um, this isn't Atlanta's defense. I don't see Will Levis throwing four touchdowns oh, against the Steelers. On by the, the way, road. you're here, so remind me what the weird pit is about you being a Titans fan. Remind me about because we were trying to figure that out when you were the only idiot that took the <laughs> Titans against the Ravens in London. So I remember there being some bit about you having been a Titans fan or something like that. I was I, when I one of the first football games I ever watched was Super Bowl 34, and I was a big fan of Steve McNair. And I was actually pulling for the Titans when they were playing the Ravens in that 2000 Super Bowl. And How do we allow, like, I, I, I'm actually, this is kind of on me. If, I got, if I'm being honest, this is kind of on me here. How did I ever employ you? I don't know. 
<laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. You do when, need me. You do need me tomorrow. It's true. So I can't fire you, you now. You can't fire me yet. When and why <laughs> did it change? Basically, once this, once the Titans moved on from Steve McNair and Jeff Fisher, I was I was done. But aren't you kind of a fraud? A little bit, yeah. I don't know how I feel about anything <laughs> anymore. I'm not sure what's real. Like I was, I like I was, I was enthralled when Derek Mason came to Baltimore when Samari Roll came here because yeah, they were, were recreating the, the, right, the, the exact, glory years. Exactly. Very excited exactly. about that. God, I don't know how I feel about any of this. Anyway, all, we're, we're, all you're, four you're, of us on the Steelers. Yeah. Then uh, one more backer of the Steelers. It is Dr. Nick Kelly. Everyone else taking the Tennessee Titans. Mm, how about that? Wow. Uh, to Germany. I thought these were going to be like, I thought we were going to be completely unanimous this week. I thought some of these were like very obvious. There's some that are pretty, uh, yeah. Uh, to Germany, Frankfurt, Germany, actually. The Dolphins are taking on the Chiefs at 930 NFL Network. Um, and the Chiefs, they are two and a half point favorites against the Miami Dolphins. I'm really struggling with what to make of what happened to the Chiefs last week. Part of it because we didn't get to watch any of the game, right? Because we were all watching the Ravens game. I I don't know how to explain it. Like I get it, their wide receivers are garbage, and they didn't they didn't get any better. And Mahomes had the flu, right? Yeah, but is it that simple? Uh, some people were saying it was that simple. I don't know. It, <sighs> I the the problem is you only get the Chiefs at minus two and a half so frequently, so you're like you're inclined to just say, well, yeah, the Chiefs, it's two and a half. Yes, the Chiefs. But the Dolphins are really good and are from 1 to 53 definitely the better team than the Chiefs. This is just the eternal, but how much does that matter if the quarterback is above? And then there's the, what do any of us know about what it means to play in Germany and how we read into that whatsoever? How does that impact any of these teams? And I have no bloody clue. So one of these teams is Patrick Mahomes. I'm just going to take that team. Give me the Chiefs. Ken? Uh, yeah. Um, I was afraid you perished there for a second. No, I, I I don't like betting against Patrick Mahomes, especially after Patrick Mahomes plays a bad football game. Sadly, I'm going to because I think Miami Dolphins are the better football team because they're offensively superior right now to the, to the Chiefs. And I, I just... You know what? I, I, the one thing I totally agree with. What does this German? Is it like the England thing? Is it? I, I don't know if it's any different than mm-hmm. going to England. If I, I don't know what it is, what the, you know, are we going to have the same problems you had in England for the first several years where the field is garbage and it rains and and, and so, but I'm getting points with a good football team, so I'm going to take the Dolphins. Um, yeah. The Dolphins, I mean, their offense is better. Uh, I like the Dolphins a lot this year. They got out there earlier this this week. Like, they went out to Germany uh, earlier the, earlier than the Chiefs did. But, but so, and two is also, he's 11-1 versus Super Bowl winning head coaches, which is the highest uh, quarterback win percentage in NFL history. That one loss, however, is to Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Patrick Mahomes is 16-3 and straight up coming off a loss as well. In his career, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs in this one. A uh, little diversity. I'm going Miami. Um, I think they're leaving the, uh, earlier than the Chiefs, which we talked about when uh, when the Ravens left before the Titans for the London game. Griffin just said that, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, um, we're not good at listening to this show. I think I think the Mahomes thing. I think is how does uh, anyone else listen if we don't listen? <laughs> I think the Mahomes thing. I think with uh, with the flu from last week. I think is going to be another factor. <laughs> Ryan's like, I got a big one for you. <laughs> Uh, None of you guys know about it. I'm going to go Miami. I, I've got, I did some digging. 
You guys, you, you'll never think about this. It's literally the thing that Griffin just said 20 seconds ago. Ken and Ryan on the Chiefs, or uh, the Dolphins, sorry. Um, my, me and Glenn also, on the Chiefs. Also, he said some diversity, like Ken hadn't just picked the Dolphins. Well, that's why we, that's well, we're, we're two and two. We were going all uh, four, four of us were yeah. two and two. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him that you don't one. Need to, you don't need to. <laughs> me and Glenn are on the Chiefs, and then Andrew Stetka and Jeremy Kahn. Ooh, hang on, John, uh, John Proctor had a point he wanted to make. Did you know that the Dolphins left for Germany before the Chiefs? <laughs> wanted to, Breaking news there. Wanted to tip that in. Um, so four of us on the Chiefs. Uh, Andrew, Jeremy, joined Glenn and I. Right. Uh, to Sunday at 1 p.m., the Arizona Cardinals come to Cleveland uh, to take on uh, the Brownies. This was uh, so Griffin sent, eight. Griffin sent me suggestions of games we're going to pick this week, and I know that I've told him before that I wanted us to try to take division games where we could. But I was like, there's got to be something better than this. There's got to be a better option. There's no way. Raiders so Giants? he sent me the text while I was at the gym yesterday, and I'm like, I jumped off the elliptical to like search through the games <laughs> in desperate hope that there was a better game than this. And I said, wow, they all stink. All right, well, I guess we'll default to the Browns being in the division. That's the game we're going to pick. Yuck. Maybe we should have gone with another SEC game this week. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I really have no idea how to feel about this. I, I guess is it confirmed that, that Clayton Tune is starting, or is it just pretty? Much. Uh, I mean, it's not confirmed. The coach is saying one of them will start, but indications are that Tune's going to. start. I got it. Look, it's going to bite me in the ass. But after what happened with big sp- uh, spreads last week, after the the shamefulness of the backdoor covers that both the Buccaneers and the Cardinals came away with, I'm gonna go ahead and avoid the big spread this week i'm gonna take the cardinals and then of course it's gonna blow up in my face but the the absurdity of the ways that teams end up covering at the ends of games is just very high level and the browns aren't good enough for me to think that it couldn't happen to them too so cardinals yeah i'm gonna take the browns um because if it is clayton tune um you rookie just, quarterback you're just talking about how much you like clayton tune i, I do, listen i, do. I, like I swear about- to god no. Twenty I seconds I like ago, I lo- yeah. I, when when he was drafted, I actually was like, you know, that's a steal. He's really, really good. <sighs> but starting on the road against a really probably good top five caliber defense, the way they're playing, I know they had a late game um, hiccup last week. I, I don't like that scenario for him, um, and it's not like you know. The Cardinals are this offensive juggernaut. Uh, we just saw them, and you know they did nothing until the last quarter of a game when when the Ravens went into a, a, a nickel shell for the entire quarter. Uh, so I'm going to take Cleveland here because of their defense. I think they can get enough done offensively. Um, I would love to see nothing more than Clayton Tune absolutely go bananas against them, uh, but I, I just I just can't pick him to do it. Um, trust me, I don't feel good about it. This is just about me getting bit in the ass by. No, dude, no, we were watching together, is... Ken. You and I were watching together when we lost our our cover from the Ravens last week. This is a dumb, dumb. We league, were, I know. And they always remind you they don't give a rat's ass about your about your spread. I can't they do don't. it to myself anymore on these big cover on these big spreads. The same similar deal to what Ken was saying. You know, the Browns defense is good and they're playing a rookie quarterback, but every time I've, you know, tooted the horn of the Browns defense, they've come back and they've played horrible defense. And um, so now that I'm not doing it, they probably will win by 40. 
in this game, but I'm taking the Cardinals. It's too big of a spread. I'm sick of getting backdoored, so Cardinals. Yeah, I'm picking the Cardinals as well. Like, <laughs> we need to, Let's isolate Griffin, please, saying I'm sick of getting backdoored. Ryan, if you don't mind, please make sure we have that available we have, to we have us. That, we have that marked. Please. I'm going to need that. That's going to come. That is definitely going to come in. Thank you. Uh, I'm taking the Cardinals as well, mostly from learning learning the lesson from last week. Hey, with the- hey, but before, I just want to make it very clear, all right? Hi, Glenn Clark here, all right? If there's one thing I want you to know about me as a person, it's that I don't kink shame, all right? Whatever you're into, I, I'm good with it, man. Behind closed doors, as long as consenting adults, let's make that abundantly clear. Whatever you guys are doing, backdooring, by all means. <laughs> Griffin says he doesn't want to do it anymore. That's that's his choice. That's his choice. He's sick of getting backdoored. All right? So no more. You understand me? No more. What, maybe that's what this retreat that he's going on this weekend is all about. All right, sorry, Ryan. Um, you were talking about how uh, the Dolphins left. <laughs> yes. Before. Also wanted to protect Chiefs myself did. in case Kyler Murray did play for this. I'm going to take the Cardinals. All right. Uh, let's see. We are pretty split on this. All right, let's brownies. Uh, joining Ken is John Proctor, Kyle Ottenheimer, uh, John and Little Rock, and Dr. Nick Kelly right. on the Browns. Very good. Very a good. six-five split. And then to the oh, four twenty. Aiden, Aiden O'Connell now the starting yes, quarterback. Yeah, for I know. Raiders. As we were talking about, How about that rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Dallas at Philly. You taking a flyer on him? Can you picking him up at all? I own him in about half my. Do you uh, really? You're an yeah. Aiden O'Connell guy, huh? So are you suggesting that others go out and pick him up this week? In a dynasty, yes. Okay. In a in a in a redraft, no. All right, very good. Dallas. At I mean, Philly. let's play it this way. He can't be any worse than Jimmy. I agree with that. Well, I mean, I, mostly I mean, he can't be. Yeah, he he can't be. Didn't they bench him, or did he get hurt the one game he did start? Because uh, they did play Hoyer, right? Yeah. Uh, they played Hoyer, and then they gave him a little bit of a shot in one game, and it's just, he was fine. He's got a big arm. Proctor says, no more backdoors. How are you going to enjoy yourself at the Creed show? <laughs> Go ahead. Dallas at Philly. Philly, they are three-point favorites hosting the uh, the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys look good last week. Like, and I, I don't I can't this is the frustrating part because I hate the Cowboys. So like I want to discredit them whenever the opportunity to, but like you can't. That was a legitimate opponent and they throttled them. But I think that bought them some points for this week that they didn't deserve. I, I think that this should be more like four and a half. And I know that's not a big deal, but it's enough. I will go with the Eagles. Yeah. I, the The frustrating thing about the Cowboys is that their run game just isn't materializing like you expected it to this year. Um, we finally got the, the big C.D. Lamb game that in fantasy we've been just clamoring for uh, for a while because they've been kind of ordinary. Um but I'm not. The Eagles are at home. I'm not. I'm not going against the Eagles at home. Um, less than a touchdown. What did you say? It's three and a half. Three. Uh, three. I agree. I agree. I agree with what you said, Glenn. They bought them some points because of what they did last week. Um, so people are going to look at that. And I think they're begging people to kind of, you know, take the take the Cowboys. But I think it's an Eagle romp. Yeah, same here. I mean, I think the Eagles are really good, and they're at home. So, uh, yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take the Eagles. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was how frustrating it was to see the Eagles get more good players at the trade deadline, and they've signed Julio Jones, and they're playing at home. Uh, I mean, the Julio Jones ain't doing anything but for me. He was lying around for, oh, anybody, for, for anybody to pick oh, up. Touchdown! Yeah, touchdown! Julio Jones, Eagles. 
there are three backers of the Cowboys. It is Paul Valley and Andrew Stetka and Jeremy Kahn All taking right. the Dallas Cowboys right. to Sunday Night Football. Buffalo at Cincinnati. And, um, uh, yeah, so Cincy, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. I mean, if we know anything about Buffalo and Cincinnati, it's that Buffalo is going to be the nail to Cincinnati's hammer. Like, I, that's the way that it works. Um, by the way, what a novel concept from NBC of having a good football game on Sunday Night Football. What, what an idea! What a thought process! Uh, number's not big enough. Cincinnati's playing too well. The bank Bengals, 100%. Yeah, um... I, I, they're playing too well, and they hammered a bit. Yeah. <laughs> they just play well against they the do. Bills. They do. I mean, I mean, Burrow just owns them. Um, I, yeah, I can't. I, you know, you, you're, you, you're, you, it's tough to bet against uh, Cincinnati right now. So I'll take the Bengals. Um, yeah, I feel the same. Uh, however, I think I've picked maybe one Bills game right all year. For I don't, I don't, I don't know why I can't get on the right side. Um, but I'm taking the Bengals as well. It's minus two and a half. I'm actually going Buffalo. I think the, the one of the sneakier moves that they made was picking up Russell Douglas. I'm 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 taking the Bills. I like Russell Douglas. Don't get me wrong, but they always lose to the Bengals. They always or or the game doesn't get played. Like that's <laughs> the only way they don't lose to the Bengals. Very split on this one. Six five in favor of the Bengals. Joining Ryan on the Bills is Jeremy, uh, John Proctor, Kyle, and Paul uh-huh. on the Buffalo Bills. If the, if the number was three and a half, I'd be struggling. I would. It, I would struggle with it at three and a half. But a field goal, God. No. To M&T Bank Stadium, where the Ravens host the Seattle Seahawks. That game is at one on CBS, <sighs> and the Ravens are five-and-a-half-point favorites. I, honestly, the toughest pick of the week for me, honestly. but I'm Because like the default is, well, it's a West Coast team traveling east at one o'clock, but five-and-a-half is a real number. I mean, that's a real number. Uh I'll. This is Lamar Jackson versus the NFC, though. I'll stick with it, Ravens. Yeah, I. <laughs> uh, after after Glenn, you and I watching oh, the Ravens not cover together in the most glorious fashion ever. Um, this number is tough, and and Seattle. The pro- my problem with Seattle is they're good, and like like there are other teams that I don't like. Buffalo. I'm gonna give Buffalo as an example. I don't. I don't know how good Buffalo is. I, I know they get lots of, lots of fanfare, and 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 Josh Allen gets lots of fanfare, and Diggs is really really good. I don't know if they're a good football team right now. I actually think Seattle at five and two is a really good football team. They can run the ball. They got weapons all over the place. They stop the run on defense as well as anybody. Yep. Um. But it's the one o'clock coming across. Um. And Lamar owns the NFC, so by the slimmest of margins, I'm going to take the Ravens. Uh, Ken, apparently we signed we 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 did the Zoom meeting on the wrong Zoom account, so we're about no. to get kicked off. So um, I I I love. Well, I you. made my last pick, right? Yep. So that's what I'm telling you. I love you. Always appreciate you. And we'll hey, talk to you. always always fun, guys. Talk to you on Sunday. Let, right? Let's do let's do this on Tuesday next week. Ooh, what an idea! Maybe I got <laughs> we an pick idea. Ma- we should pick some action. Yeah, no, we're not going to do let's that. Let's do it yeah. before the lines come out. Yeah, let's right. <laughs> maybe maybe on Friday we do the following weeks <laughs> because yeah. we all know who practices this week. Oh <laughs> God! All right, uh, see it, see it, Creed. Uh, love you, buddy. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. At, at Fans Fantasy on Twitter. That's our guy, Ken Zalas. Fantasy pros and his uh, rankings every week at PressBoxOnline.com as well. All right, now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lamar, 
owns the NFC. He just does. Uh, but Seattle as an underdog of four or more points. It, should I be concerned about that or uh, something went wrong? Yeah, should um, I be concerned about the fact that uh, we, we maybe concerned in a couple minutes later? You know, after the show, I feel like this should. Well, are we on YouTube still? Is the that's what I'm asking? Oh, that I was, think that's yeah. That's, that's the question. If, if we were on you, I think it would have just started a, another YouTube video. All right, all right, whatever, yeah. whatever. We'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Pete Carroll, uh, since October of 2011, uh, when an underdog of four or more, they are 19 and five against mm. the spread. The Seahawks are the Ravens in their last 17 as favorites of four or more, four and 13. Mm. I can't do it though. I'm okay. taking the Ravens. <laughs> I think they win. <laughs> so by thank it. you for throwing out this. Here are all the reasons why you should. <laughs> nope. God. Taking the Ravens. Hey, did you hear about the Dolphins? <laughs> what did they? Uh, they uh, you're not they're gonna they're going to Germany, right? I know you don't know this, but Ryan came up with some information. <laughs> Leaving early. <laughs> wanted to share. Christ, Ryan. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the Ravens just the, for the way that they embarrassed the uh, the Lions at home a couple weeks back. I think the Lions are the best team in the NFC, so if they're going to embarrass the Lions, I think the I think they're going to blow out the Seahawks. Geno Smith not playing as well as he did last year. Uh, Lamar Jackson's uh, record against the NFC, a lot of factors. I'm going to go with the Ravens. All right. Um, yeah, for just about everyone is in favor of the Ravens, two backers of the Seahawks. Do you want to try to guess? Jeremy Conn. Jeremy Conn is yeah. one of them. It's always Jeremy Conn. <laughs> always. And? Dr. Nick Kelly. Paul Valley. Ah. It's been quite contra- contrarian this week, Paul All has right. been. How about that? Uh, yeah, so eight and two in favor of the Ravens there. Very good. Well, won't we have 11 people in our contest? <laughs> Nine and two in favor of the Ravens. <laughs> Not, nailed it. <laughs> but that Chiefs thing. <laughs> yeah. you, you knew that, though. All right, those are our picks for the week. We'll get them up glenclarkradio.com here in a minute. So are, is that does that work? Like, yes, you yeah, yeah, play, we're, live. Work? Yeah, right, we're live. Yeah, we're live. We're live. You come back in. We'll play Would You Rather Wednesday. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown, or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. 
For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, November 7th at Guilford Home Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, AJMichaels.com. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? Project Game Day returns this Sunday after Raven Seahawks, myself, Rita, Femi Ion Bedejo, and a cast of characters, likely uh, KZ, probably Andrew Stecka, and you never know who might pop in during the course of a Project Game Day. You can come join us as well. We'll share out the link for you. You can come hop in the, the chat with us. Um, every post game, all season long, Project Game Day, it's brought to you by AJ Michaels, HelpMyGamblingProblem.org, and Superbook Sports. Come join us each and every game day all season for Project Game Day. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline, or PressBoxOnline.com slash Game Day for Project Game Day. I, I really, I, I, you know, I brought it up earlier. I don't have a whole lot more else. There's only so many things you can say about not making a trade, right? Like, what am I supposed to do, dissect it? We're not going to know. At some point, somewhere in the future, perhaps we'll learn about a trade that, that could have happened. There was a lot of hubbub last week about Derrick Henry. There were people on the internet that were suggesting that I, 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 it's a very difficult thing for me because some of these people are my, are people that I consider friends, but, and they might very well be plugged in. It might very well be that somebody knows something, but I always have to come back to until you have something to lose. I'm not going to run with something that someone says on the internet whose job is not to be a reporter. And and I and I, I, I'm trying to say this in a very comfortable way because I like these people. I'll I'll give you an example. I'll share something that Rita tells me, maybe, maybe. Because I know who she's talking to. Even though her job isn't a reporter, she'll tell me flat out. In fact, when I share something, I'll tell Rita because we're partners. I'll say Rita, this is who this is coming from. So you know, and you can react to it how you want to react to it. But that's because we're partners. I don't know who any podcaster or blogger in town is talking to. They might be real. They might be, you know, a, a third layer. Somebody heard something, heard something, that heard something. 
What I know is Jeff Zrebeck won't share that because the risk if he's wrong is significant. It's damaging to his career. The risk if you are a podcast host is far lesser. I, I, I'm not... I, I think our buddy Spencer even kind of said that. I actually watched a little bit of what they did. He said, like, I was trying to connect the dots, and he, he said something that he did not know to be true. Which is why, and I love Spencer as a person. I think he's great. I'd, I'd like to have him involved with us here at PressBox. But when he tweets something, it is not, I don't share it. Not because it might not be, it might be. But as he said yesterday, uh, sometimes I'm just trying to connect the dots. But he doesn't have anything to lose. Maybe he would get it right. Maybe. But I can't tell you. And it's all these guys, and these are guys that I like. Cole Jackson, nice guy, really good guy. Maybe he's saying something that's true. But what does he have to lose if he's wrong? He's not going to be fired from his job. Because his job isn't doing this. And that's the, that's the part for me. Is it possible that the Ravens had a deal with Derrick Henry that was struck down by the, the Titans owner? Maybe. I, I can't say it's not because when I ran it up the flagpole, I couldn't get an answer on it. So I can't tell you that. But I am absolutely not going to operate as though that is somehow fact. And the people that are saying that might say, dude, if you knew who I was getting my information from, then you wouldn't feel that way. Maybe. Maybe. But that's the nature of it. This goes back to, like, the, the funny thing. Look, it, Twitter is, is, is so much worse. It was never great, but it's so dra- This This guy has ruined, and ruins the wrong word because we're all still using it. He's made it ungodly worse. But the humorous part that I said... Getting rid of blue check marks was a good idea because we, as a culture, became insane and we were very stupid. Shaquille O'Neal needed a blue check mark because there were 60 other people on Twitter that were trying to pretend to be Shaquille O'Neal. The midday producer of a talk show in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, did not need a blue check mark on Twitter. No one was concerned about who the real Jack Stevenson was. But because we're stupid as a society, we started treating these people that had blue check marks all the same way. Well, if you have a blue check mark, you're anointed in some sort of way. Do these people actually know anymore? Nope. Are they more of authorities? Well, it depends on who they are. We stopped doing our work. And it all worked together, right? We wanted to discredit the media as the whole. So it all anybody who said something that we wanted to be true, we were willing to allow it to become true. We want to believe this is true, so it's true. So when he got rid of the blue check marks, it was like, you know, I... Now, what he did is about 80 times worse. Now your feed is loaded with just the dumbest people that have ever existed. And now when you see a, a tweet... The first 80 replies, there's no genuine discourse. It's just the stupidest people you've ever met in your life who are all willing to pay the money in order to have a blue check mark next to their name, which is a, a, the greatest scarlet letter that we could ever ask for in this society. But I, I'm not 
I'm not going to believe that anything is fact, unfortunately, until either I know who the source is. Like, for example, when I told you yesterday Josh Jacobs wanted to be a Baltimore Raven, I know who my source is. This ain't third layer. This isn't I heard from somebody who heard from somebody who heard from somebody. I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Josh Jacobs wanted to be a Baltimore Raven. Somebody said to me yesterday on Twitter, well, you know, he really just wants out of uh, Las Vegas. I don't know that. And I wouldn't share that. That's a reasonable deduction that someone could offer, but I don't know that, so I won't say that. Like, if the Ravens were off the table and the option was either you could be a Raider or you could be a, insert team name here, Viking, I don't know that Josh Jacobs was so desperate to get out of Las Vegas that he would have said, yeah, signing up to be a Viking. The only thing I knew definitively, definitively, without question, was that Josh Jacobs wanted to be a Baltimore Raven. No gray area. No, I knew that as fact. So I shared it with you. But I didn't make up anything that I didn't know. What I also shared with you is what I, I reached out to two different league sources who both told me they didn't think that the Raiders were going to trade Josh Jacobs. And I told you that. At the same time as I tweeted out the part that I tweeted out, the immediate follow-up was, will it happen? Two different league sources. In fact, the same source that told me that Josh Jacobs wanted to be a Baltimore Raven, very direct, that same source told me they didn't think that the Raiders were going to move Josh Jacobs. So I told you that. And then I followed up with another league source who told me, don't think the Raiders are going to move Josh Jacobs. So I certainly wasn't surprised that the Raiders didn't move Josh Jacobs. Now, the thing that Josina Anderson tweeted this morning were like, apparently teams are trying to call the Raiders and they couldn't even get an answer. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, not, not great, <laughs> but funny. If it doesn't affect you, it's pretty funny. I bet it's not all that funny to Josh Jacobs. Probably not all that hilarious to Devontae Adams. Were they like, maybe they were trying to fire Josh McDaniels, you know, around like noon or something. Right, they, can't they couldn't find Dude, him. we got we to get this done before they couldn't the, find Ziegler or McDaniels. it's not McDaniels. fair to the West Coast teams yeah. that the deadline is 1 p.m., right? Maybe, like yeah. maybe they need to push that back to 7 o'clock or something. I don't know. They wanted to fire him. Um, they obje- couldn't find him. Objectively hilarious that that's the case. I don't know if it would have made a difference. I really don't. I don't know if, if they had done that a day earlier, if Josh Jacobs would have been a Baltimore Raven. I can't tell you that. I'm not going to make it up. I'm not just going to, you know, try to create fact where I don't know what fact is. So, like, that thing, and I, and again, I love Spencer as a person, but Spencer saying, like, well, it's probably a second round, I think he just said it was a second round pick and then had to say, hey, man, I, I didn't know that. I was just trying to deduce it. Well, that's why we got to be careful in the way that we use our, our words. That's the reason, again, why I'll take my information from people who have something at risk. Because you can't get it wrong. If you get it wrong, you might lose your job. That's that's the people that I'm going to take my information from. And everything else, I, it, I can't accept it to be fact. I just can't. If I make something up and I'm wrong, Pressbox is going to fire me. They, they have a reputation. They want to be an authority. If I make something up, and it's proven that I made it up, I'm out. There's no gray area there. There's no, you know, yeah, but we really like Glenn, or yeah, but, you know, he's, he's willing to do naked calendars. There's none of that. If I make something up and I'm wrong, 
and everybody figures out that I'm wrong and I made it up, then I'm out. People can get things wrong sometimes, but they get them wrong because they're given bad information. Like I, I know we all like to pile on Jason because Jason was the guy that said that you know, it was moving towards John Harbaugh being fired. But, like, I'm telling you, factually, that was accurate. It didn't happen. We all know what happened. Lamar Jackson started playing. The Ravens started winning. And they didn't fire the coach. At the time at which he said it, there were wins swirling. I know that as a fact. Now, you know, I, I don't remember if Jason had said, like, no matter what happens this season, then John Harbaugh is going to be fired. Well, that would have been inaccurate. But at the moment that it was reported, it was accurate. I, I know that that was the feeling within the building. That's not a, I know that. That the people, now, I didn't report that because it was irrelevant at the time. There was an entire season to be played. The Ravens had the chance to go in and, salvage the job um i can't speak to what what may or may not have been trying to happen i can speak to what would i have done we can we'll get into it would you rather wednesday would i have traded for montez sweat it's complicated it's a heck of a price it'd be really hard to match that that first round bears pick is a very valuable that sorry second round bears pick is a very valuable pick right now that's a the 35th pick at the moment now, maybe the Bears win a couple more games, but I would be hard-pressed to fathom it being much worse than the 40th pick in the draft. That that point system for picks, the difference between the a, an early second-round pick and a late second-round pick is almost the same as the difference between like a third-round pick and a fifth or sixth-round pick because those picks are so valuable because they're so early in the draft. You can't really make that up by saying, well, we could have thrown in a couple of sixth-round picks. That doesn't make the difference between early second round and late second round. You can't pick-swap your way to closing that gap. I'll bring it up here in a second. Would you rather Wednesday? It would have. You would have had to have thrown in a first. You could do some math, but you would have had to have made it built around a first in order to make up that difference. So would I have done it? I don't want to give away my answer. And would you rather Wednesday? We'll get back to that. It's tough. It's it's tough. I I get it. We can we'll probably chase Young this to death. Chase Young is the one that if you wanted to have a legitimate conversation about, even if you accept it being nothing more than a rental, you assume that Chase Young is going to make some bank this offseason. You assume that Chase Young is probably going to get you a pretty good compensatory pick, likely a third round pick. I'd have to really look at the the free agent class to figure out if there are enough players in there that might go to different teams that would end up getting bigger deals than Chase Young gets. Worst case scenario, you're getting a fourth round pick. So would I have swapped a third round pick for a fourth round pick to get a half season of Chase Young? Probably. Probably. Do I know that the maybe the commanders do find it to be like regionally competitive here? Maybe the commanders do think that they're the new ownership there is like, hey, you know, we there are there's a battleground here and we're trying to win back parts of Anne Arundel County or we're trying to win back we've we've seen 
Ravens fandom seep into Montgomery or Prince George's County, and we're trying to win that back, and so we don't want to help them. And that seems petty and small. It seems like you're you're not seeing the forest through the trees. But maybe if the same offer was on the table from both the 49ers and the Ravens, they would have said we're going to take the 49ers offer for that reason. Or because, I, I don't know, maybe they ultimately think that... Choosing a team in conference over... Yeah, I mean that it seems, makes, cr- but it's it's not yeah. in division, you know. And then they're not competing. They they're obviously they're not worried about competing yeah, this year. Yeah. They're clearly not worried about winning anything this year. And I'm not. If the Ravens made a better offer, I would presume that they would take the Ravens' better offer. But maybe if the raw offer was the same, maybe they think that the 49ers are starting to fall apart, and that ultimately the 49ers' pick is going to be better than the Ravens' pick would have been. The betting markets don't agree with that. The betting markets still think the 49ers are a favorite, but we've seen some warts recently. Maybe they think that that ultimately... Or maybe the Ravens just don't like... As I've told people a million times, the Ravens default to their own scouting in these situations. The Ravens' MO as an organization is to make decisions about acquiring players based on what their original collegiate scouting was of the player. Which doesn't mean that they are tied to it. Famously, they did not scout Anquan Bolden all that significantly out of college. They did not think highly of Anquan Bolden out of college. Ozzie Newsom, it's, I thought one of the great statements that was ever made publicly by the Baltimore Ravens is Ozzie Newsom acknowledging we got this wrong. We screwed up in how we scouted Anquan Bolden. God, what I wouldn't give for someone to just be willing to say something. It's that simple. It doesn't change anything. Does anybody not think Ozzie Newsom's a Hall of Fame caliber general manager because he acknowledged that he, he got up? It was just refreshing for somebody. We, it's a thing we used to do where these things that, my God, I, I watched. Don't ask me why. I'm, I know I'm, I'm way all over the place. I know. I'm sorry. You tuned into the show. You knew what you were getting. Today was going to be the day that I tightened it all up. It was a nice produce. We got two producers. What do you think they're going to do? Produce? Um, don't ask me why this is the case, but I have a friend who's an Iowa fan who asked me what I thought about a a press conference. They announced this week that, which is also bizarre, they're firing Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa, but not until after the year. Imagine if they went and scored 40 points a game the rest of the season. Like, imagine if all of a sudden they're the greatest offense of all time. They're like, well, sorry, we said you were fired. <laughs> it's so utterly bizarre. What a bizarre scenario. Which makes me think that it's Kirk Ferentz's way of saying, I'm going to retire at the end of the year, so like, just let me get through this season with him and then you know, let us go out together. Like, That's what I think. I can't fathom why you would be a Like, If the problem is the offensive coordinator, why does he get to be the coordinator for the next game? It is... Bizarre, man, but I don't care because I'm not an Iowa fan. We got our own problems here at Maryland. Big, big problems. But my friend, who's an Iowa fan, said, will you watch this press conference? And and sent me video of the, it's an interim athletic director. I don't know what her name is. She seems very nice. Um, Getz, maybe, is her name? Gore? I don't know. Something like that. Starts with a G. Send me the video of it. And she just won't answer anything. Like she's like, well, I think I'm. I just, I think I'm gonna stick to the statement. I think, I think I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna, you know, my statement speaks for it. Like, why hold a press conference? And I understood what his point is. Like, should we be angry about this? Like, wh- is this just the way that it works now? 
Or should we be angry about this? And his point, I, it was interesting to me. I was like, you know, that's a, why do it? Why do? Why put somebody out there to just say, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stick with the statement. You can just stick with the statement. You don't have to hold a press. Like it's like you think you're scoring points by, well, she went out there and she answered questions about it. No, she didn't. She didn't do that. She said, I'm going to stick to the statement. And found like eight different ways of saying it. You know, I'm not going to get into that. What are you going to get into? Why are you here? What, what is the point of this? Why are we doing What? What am I missing? And it's, why would it hurt? What does it hurt to give a little bit of information? Whatever you can give. Hey, what was the timeline for when the decision was made? I'm not going to get into that. Who's going to be hurt by that? Who's going to be hurt by you saying, you know, we made our final decision on Sunday morning? Oh, God, on a Sunday morning? When you should have been at church? That's it. She's out. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I always appreciate that about Ozzie Newsom is that he just openly admitted. We screwed up on this, but the Ravens in their history fall back on their own scouting. That's what they do. And so perhaps they just didn't scout Chase Young that highly. Perhaps they didn't think that highly of him. I don't know. Perhaps they say, we think that Chase Young is a perpetual injury risk. That would be fair. He's had a lot. Not to say the Ravens haven't had their own share of those problems. But maybe they say that's why he wasn't the guy that we liked. I don't know why the Ravens didn't prioritize Chase Young. If the answer is the Ravens really weren't in the edge rush market, then I would say, I don't love that. Reputable reporting, people that have something to lose, tell you the Ravens were in the running back market. We never really heard them connected to the edge rush market. Maybe the answer is because they weren't. They just didn't feel that they needed an edge rusher the way that some of us felt that way. They would probably point to, that you see who's leading the NFL in sacks? We don't feel like we need an edge rusher. Okay. Okay. I Maybe that's the answer. I'm concerned that there will be a game, say in January, where you'll be lining up and Joe Burrow will be on the other side and you need to make a play. You, your offense, remember what happened when they beat the Chiefs in 2021? They scored 36 points. The offense wasn't the problem. They scored, the offense clicked. And then at the end of the game, the Chiefs were in field goal range. The opportunity to run out the rest of the clock and kick a game-winning field goal. And the only reason the Ravens won the game is because Adafi Owe got into the backfield and forced a fumble. And I worry that that ultimately might be the only way to go beat one of these offenses at the end of the year when you're trying to go to a Super Bowl. And maybe they've got the guys. Maybe they do. Maybe Adafi Owe will continue to get better this season. Maybe Ajabo will come back. Bowser will come back. Maybe, you know, Jadeveon Clowney can continue playing at a high level throughout the entire season. It can come from the defensive lineman. It can come from schemed pressure. Maybe that will prove to be the case. But I worry that you needed one guy that could just go win a matchup in order to finish off and win one of these games when a team has four downs to go try to beat you. So that's the part that I worry about. I'm... I get it. A lot of people are like, well, what if Gus Edwards gets hurt again? That's what I'm worried about, and that's why they needed to make a move for a running back. 
I don't think they needed to make a move. And I'm not... I do think that Zach Moss is a better option today than Melvin Gordon is, but I don't think it's, you know, Zach Moss is way up here and Melvin Gordon's way down here. I think it's more like this. Like, I think the difference is negligible in what you'd be dealing with if you had to put a Melvin Gordon or a guy off the scrap heap in to play more snaps versus a secondary running back that you would have acquired. And if they couldn't get Derrick Henry and they couldn't get Josh Jacobs or it's Saquon Barkley, none of whom were traded, if that wasn't an option, then I don't know that they just needed to trade for any old running back for the sake of trading for any old running back. So there's my rundown. That's how I feel about it. I, it's impossible for me to have an opinion because I don't know really what was going on. But if they weren't in the edge rush market, then I would say I think that's a mistake. But I don't know that they weren't because I don't have any reputable reporting about it whatsoever. And you'll be stunned to learn they are nobody over there was in any rush to give me a whole lot of information. I know it's going to sound crazy, but really struggled to get that. All right, quickly, Would You Rather Wednesday. It's brought to you by Birdland Sports. You can win a uh, shirt of your choice from Birdland Sports. If you participate, go to facebook.com slash Radio, YouTube, or uh, sorry, twitter.com slash Radio. The scenarios are all there. All right, uh, number one, would you rather uh, consider for a moment you're a Diamondbacks fan. You paid $26,000 last night out of your Jeez. own pocket to rent the pool for you and your friends. For you and your friends oh to have God. the pool. I mean, you get a lot out of that. Like, it's a bunch of tickets. It's a bunch of – but you paid it out of your pocket only – for your team to get their asses handed to them basically before the game was even started. So would you rather that or you're us? Your team's not in the World Series. Um I mean if I is yeah, I would need something to happen where what happened last night where the guy, you know, he gets he gets turned into a gif, you know, and he jumps into the pool and so that way, you know, you can kind of live in infamy forever, you know, cuz no one's going to remember what? The, I don't think anybody's. You say it's gonna live in infamy for forever. I guess not infamy. Yeah. I don't know that anybody. I don't know that half the world even knows what you're talking. I don't even know that a tenth of the someone world. Someone made a gift. I, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. But it, yeah, it, it's the only reason I even remembered Arizona had a pool was because of this. This. I mean, it's a. That's the only reason you remember that Arizona. I don't really a care pool. that Arizona has a pool. It doesn't. I, I'm not saying it, it's something I think about every day, but I think most of us know when somebody brings up, "Hey, what's something you know about the stadium in Arizona?" The first thing we say is, "Oh, right, so, they got that pool." So I can. Yeah, Ryan, go ahead, Ryan. Ryan needs to make sure. It's not going to go well. We all think of the Roman Empire and the pool yeah, in the Arizona, pool in Arizona. Every, every day. Harry Griffin's out here like, you know, you guys are just thinking about the pool. Like, no. So is this, I? it's like I, I'm in a position where I can afford $26,000 or like. Um, oh. Yeah, but it's not, you're not a billionaire. You're not a. You're, I don't want to spend $26,000 This is a once on in your, no. once I in mean, a lifetime. I, that doesn't seem worth You had a once in a lifetime experience and it went that, like that. south that yeah. quickly. If you know, if it was like you know, if it's like me, you know, tr- buying tickets to Game Two of the Orioles ALD. I mean, I guess the World Series it would be higher. You know, if it's like buying, you know, just tickets to a game. If it felt like that, yes, but twenty six thousand dollars seems like way too much. I'd rather be here. All right. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, you know, spending the most amount of money on that on that ALDS Game Two ticket, <laughs> like, and watching them get their butts kicked, like, I would rather have the money and stay at home. 
Well, I mean, like that. I mean, like that's the point. I guess I was trying to make, but like. It, it, game two ALDS tickets are nothing compared to game three or game whatever game four. Oh, I was doing the math of what it, what yeah. I was going to be paying for or what I was willing to pay for a World Series ticket. This in the concept of like you're going all out. This is like the I want to imagine it's your fiftieth birthday and you're like I just want to go crazy and I want to create a memory and this is what I want it to be and if it caught like. I, I paid a good amount of money to throw a fortieth birthday party for my wife, right? Like and then afterwards I was like nickel and diming it. I'm like, God, I should have done this, I should have done this. And I'm like, Oh my god, imagine if I spent this amount of money. Like this is the experience, this is the thing I want. Fiftieth birthday, let's take everybody to the pool and it's a World Series and we're gonna have this magical moment and then they're ten zero in the second inning. <laughs> people are like leaving in the fifth inning, like, Hey, uh, thanks. That's Glenn. Not appreciate it. Appreciate the invite, oh, oh, but we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and beat the traffic. Thanks for thanks for inviting us. And you're like, I spent twenty six thousand dollars. I still think being there, like that's the th- I've never been at a World Series game that my team has played in, and that part of it is hard to shake. To have just the experience of being at the World Series. Like seeing, I was seeing some tweets because, of course, I have some friends in Arizona from the time that I worked there. And I was seeing like them post before the game, before they knew the hell that was about to hit them. I can't believe I'm watching my team at the World Series. And that part of it, like when the other option is you don't get it, I don't know if I'll ever get it, right? Like I can't say with certainty that I'm ever going to have the opportunity to see my team in a World Series. Makes it tough. I still think that it's it's probably I still think it's painful. Like I can't imagine what that feels like. If I'm an athletics like. fan, the answer probably is you know, I feel like I feel like since we're Orioles fans, it does feel like, like you, you think that that means that you're like certain that you're going to get a World Series? Like, Bro, we're, we're pretty good this year. I'm 40 years old. 40. I don't know that I'm going to see a World Series. I hope, but I don't know it. Tough. This is really tough for me because twenty six thousand dollars is it's real money, and it's like the type of thing that like maybe once in my life I would like have this type of. It really is a once in a lifetime type of deal. Like it, the ability to do it, it would be a. All right, this is the one. Although it's about what I paid to take my kids to Disneyland, Disney World. I was about to use the F word. <laughs> land, land might have been more. God. They're like, the next time we go to Disney World, there will not be said time. These idiots. The week later, they're like, dude, the next time we go, I want to do this. They ain't going to be, when you've got kids, maybe. There's going to be no next time at Disney World, chief. Start saving now. Next time. In what world? We might wave to the sign while we're doing something else in Florida. Hey, that's where Disney World is. Remember the time we went there? We ain't going there again. Let's see how Legoland treats us. Or Daytona or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. God. All right. Uh, I I think I would. I think that I would want the experience. I think I would want to have it. But it's tough, man. Number two. Would you rather the Ravens? And I this math loosely works. They would have had to have dealt a first and a fifth for Montez Sweat and a fourth. Or no, I'm okay with them standing pat. Man, I don't. A first, I mean, then they have to. Gosh, I, I'm gonna say 
no. Think just, you're doing you think you're doing better with that late first round pick than Montez Sweat? I mean, think you're doing uh, better because Sweat's not under contract. You would have to resign. You have to resign him. But based on the fact that that's what the Bears paid to get him, I'm assuming right. that the assumption is that Sweat is signable. If they threw in a third, I might lean slightly more. But I I, I mean, just because he could get injured and then. We, Lamar could get injured. You know, anyone could get injured, and then it's just kind of like you're going all in for this year. And but I'm saying I don't think you are going all in for this year. I think that goes – if you're giving up your first round I think round you're pick, assuming that Montez Sweat is signable. So you're assuming he's going to be around for a few years. It's not – I think that the Chase Young thing, based on that cost, the assumption there is that he's not signable or it's not easily signable. The Montez Sweat thing. If the Bears made that move without knowing that Montez Sweat is signable, it's the most reckless move in the history of football. They're not accomplishing anything this season. They're just giving up a round's worth of a draft pick for funsies. They're like, here, we didn't want a second-round pick. They traded a second-round pick for Chase Claypool last year. That was a first-round pick because it was 32 overall. I understand that. But remember, Chase Claypool wasn't a pending free agent. They moved Chase Claypool well, I mean, again it bad. because like, it, it poor, didn't work. It was just right. poor management. There's a difference between a bad trade and a reckless trade. If the Bears traded Montez Sweat without knowing for Montez Sweat without knowing he was signable, when they stink this year, that's as dumb. It is the one of the dumbest decisions in the history of humanity. The only inference that can be made is that they know he's signable, that they know that he's willing to sign. Because if that's the case, then we're talking about a, a level of incompetence far beyond anything we could ever fathom. Even if it is a fir- even if it's a you know the thirtieth overall pick like that the first round pick is I still think I would rather have that and so I'm okay with standing pat. All right, I probably would make that move. Um, Sweat's twenty seven. He's only missed f- five games in his career. He's twenty eight years old. Uh, we we saw the Ravens a couple of years ago with the Marquise Brown trade. Like they they have ways of getting those picks back if they really want you know a first round pick or if there's a guy that they want to you know that they suddenly fall in love with in the draft. I probably make that move. I've been in a weird spot with this because overwhelmingly the answer has been Stan Pat, and I do think part of that is it's just because it's what the Ravens did, so it's easy now to like. We also That's seem great. to be allergic for whatever reason when it comes to first round picks, but I ultimately think I line up with Ryan on this one, like. If Montez Sweat is assignable as it would suggest based on the Bears, and again, that's the that's the I'm inferring something based on the evidence that that I have, and if it ends up being something else, and we'll have to have that conversation, and we can kill the Bears over it. But if he's assignable as I think he is, I don't know that I'm using that pick in a way that's better than having Montez Sweat for the next few years for a team that again this offseason, unless something drastically changes with Dafe Owe and David Ajabo between now and the end of the year, is a, the highest priority. For the roster is going to be edge rush. I get. Give, give me Montez Sweat. I guess I just don't. You know, Roquan. Obviously, we just talked to Marvin Lewis. He elevated the entire team. I, the entire I team. You. I don't know if Montez Sweat. You know, has that kind of impact. And for a first round pick, that is really steep for me. I mean, I'll take the guy that's. You say he doesn't have that type of impact. I. I, I mean, he'll know. help Clowney and Van Noy. Yeah. Hopefully, well, I, don't o- away guys, and, I don't think those guys are around long term. Right, I, yeah. Hopefully, I, away and I think, it's, I think it's more you just need guys that get quarterbacks on the ground. And he gets, got, gets quarterbacks on the ground. I mean, he's been a consistent performer. And every one of these guys the Ravens let walk that's been a consistent performer, the Judons, the Zadaria Smiths, like, I'd like to have one of those guys at some point. So... I think that you were hoping you used a first round pick on Adafi Owe, hoping he would become Montez Sweat. 
and he hasn't been. So I could use another first-round pick, again, late first-round pick, on another guy that you're hoping can be that guy, or I could have that guy. I don't know. Seems seems kind of easy to me. No more I think about it. It seems more like, yeah. I mean, I guess they'll probably be back in the wide receiver market again next year because Odell Beckham, it's not looking like is going to be some – I mean, maybe he would take a cheaper deal to stick around just to be a part of it, but I don't think anybody of us has been so – enamored with Odell Beckham that we feel like it's a priority. Maybe if Rashad Bateman stabilizes and continues to play as well as he did on Sunday moving forward, then maybe you're not in the wide receiver market because you feel really good about 1-2 going into next year. But I don't know where else the need – what are the biggest needs for this football team? Guard. Maybe, right? Like maybe, but this is a franchise that's always been able to find – nobody's – you've never needed a draft. They, what The Ben Grubbs is the only guard, right, that they drafted in the first round. They've always found guards. I have – all the confidence in the world in them finding that guy. Like the ironic part, I guess, being that they found Judon and Smith and like all those guys in later rounds too. They just never kept him around. I don't know. All right, number three. Would you rather? Did you see the video of Joe Smith this week? Joe Smith. Old friend, former Maryland star Joe Smith. Oh. Most people seem to think it's fake now. No. Joe, there's a video that's floating on the internet of Joe Smith learning that his wife has an OnlyFans page. And he's very angry about it. It's now thought of that like it was a plant to try to get attention to his wife's OnlyFans page. But just work with me for a second, right? Uh, I would play the video, but it's 1219. We gotta go, and we still have to take a break. We got to go. This is insane. And I still have to make sure that Ryan knows what he's doing tomorrow. So number three, would you rather? You find out that your partner... Oh, you're both single. This isn't good. You find out your partner has an OnlyFans, but there's no nudity. They're bringing in an extra $50,000 a year. Wow. Posting swimsuit I swim for fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Griffin's like, that's ten times as much as I make here. Posting swimsuit and underwear pictures, or you find out your partner has one, not an OnlyFans page, one foreign client who is paying them one hundred thousand dollars a year for naked and sexually suggestive pictures. Then yeah, I'm taking the pictures. I think. Yeah. 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 You don't care about that. Yeah. All right. For for a hundred thousand dollars. But there's some creep foreign... somewhere in the world that's that's looking at your partner and thinking that's you can do the that's... thing where you know cut the cut the head off. No, and... you can't do that. Not an option. They wear the mask. And also, or depending on what part of the world we're talking about, they might try to cut your head off. <laughs> no, you got a great photographer. They're no, not going to They're not going to want to get rid of. You the don't know. You either. don't know who this person is. This person now has access. This person might is clearly I, obsessed with your partner. I will take a hundred thousand dollars. I think Thank you very much. You're being a little bit short sighted about the other side of it, <laughs> Ryan. Um, yeah, like you said, it makes it tough because neither one of us are have a, have a, a significant mm-hmm. other. You have to worry about this. Uh, I'd actually probably go. Fi- I'd probably go fi- the fifty thousand one. A lot. Of, I'm getting way more of the fifty thousand one. Like that's why? Not, be- because there's something. It's more like she's a model. Like yeah. Like that's there's that's, a lot of people doing that out there. Right. That's great. The other one seems a little skeezy, like a little bit a foreigner. Now, I did have somebody point out that, like, the OnlyFans, now, like, all of your friends might be subscribing to your partner's OnlyFans page, and does that kind of creep you out a little bit, that, like, maybe they're, you know, spending personal time, like, thinking about your partner? But, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think it would bother me at all. I think the only, like, as easy as it is to say $100,000, right? that's $100,000, man. Yeah. Like, that's essentially free then money. I- and all she's got to do is send pictures to one dude or one, you know, whoever it is. Maybe it's a woman. But, like... Who is this person? And is this person uh, so obsessed that you're going to end up finding yourself in, like, 
when, when does it when does this person not try to make like the indecent proposal right when does this person try to say and for two hundred thousand dollars i'll fly her to tehran so she can spend the weekend with me and you're like uh Whoa. uh and now you say you say of course not and she's like well what why is that such a big deal it's two hundred thousand dollars and now you're like well this is I don't think you're thinking through all the elements of this. Yeah, I guess you're right. I'm not 50, thinking through all this, but, uh, but $100,000. Nice, safe, like, by all means, enjoy pictures of my wife in her underpants. You go ahead. You go right ahead, and I will enjoy the hot tub that I now have because of it. You go right ahead, guy. That's the place that I'm going. All right, continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Tyus Bowser Show returns next Tuesday night, November 7th. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Come hang out with Tyus and his special guest. It's a partnership of Pressbox and Great 8's Memorabilia. Brought to you by A.J. Michaels, Superbook Sports, and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. We will see you next Tuesday at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North, November 7th, for the next Tyus Bowser Show. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to find out more. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit and tube to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Todd Karpovich profiles the Orioles' survivors, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, and Ryan Mancastle, who all came from the previous regime but stuck through tough times to be key pieces in guiding the franchise back to prominence. Also inside, we remember the iconic Brooks Robinson with tributes from Jim Henneman and myself, Stan the Fan Charles, and a trip down memory lane to remember the most significant moments of his career. Plus, we meet players from college basketball programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Visit Hartford County. Gear up for the holidays by supporting local with Small Business Saturday on November 25th. Take in the dazzling sights of the season with a Ledoux Christmas at Ledoux Topiary Gardens. Enjoy holiday lights, sing along to holiday songs, reserve a carriage ride, and sit on Santa's lap in Bel Air's Winter Wonderland happening every Saturday from November 25th until December 16th. Nothing sparks that holiday joy quite like a festive parade. Head to visitharford.com and click on Events to see the full list of parades and so much more. In Maryland, you're welcome. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's so much focus on sports betting these days, but I want to talk about an area that nobody wants to gamble on, where you choose to go out and spend your hard-earned dollars to eat. The Casas Inn is no gamble at all. The quality on their menu is outstanding, and the value is off the charts with a great and varied list of specials Monday through Friday. And the staples of the menu, whether it's salads, burgers, fish, they're all fantastic. And I haven't even mentioned the crabs or crab cakes yet. So check out the menu for yourself at CostasInn.com. When choosing a place to dine, never gamble on the food you put in your belly. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard or call 410-477-1975 for reservations and your steam crab orders. 
Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org slash hotels. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR? Hey, Ryan, would you like to tell everybody what's coming up at Live Casino and Hotel by chance? Is that something that you would like to spend some time? Oh, this might be a problem tomorrow. All right, we'll figure that out tomorrow. But would you like to tell everybody uh, what's coming up at Live Casino and Hotel? Do you have any interest in that? Sure. Uh, was luck not on your side in your recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland? We'll get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion. Between now and January 4th, 2024, all live casino and hotel Maryland Rewards members will be able to enter their losing slips into the second chance to win drum, and two nights a week, 20 winners will be, will be chosen. Prizes range from live casino and hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social ultimate happy hour, and cash and free play, play prizes up to $500. Drawings will be held every Thursday and Monday. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For, for help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLING. All right. Very good. Uh, when we um, when we do the show tomorrow, everybody needs to know we're going to start at 9 a.m. So tomorrow's show is going to start 9 a.m. for our college basketball preview show. So just want to make sure everybody's aware of that. If you want to watch live, it's uh, we do it every year with Patrick Stevens. It'll start 9 a.m. tomorrow. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all. PressBoxOnline.com, Todd Karpovich's story about the survivors, the position players from the Duquette regime that stuck around and helped turn things around for the Orioles. Santander, Hayes, Mullins, Mountcastle, great story. A lot of college basketball content in here. Brooks Robinson tributes, all available. The new print issue of PressBox. Pick it up for free today. I uh, got a couple from our uh, from my friends over at OptiStats. Ryan Nelson, who was the reliever that came in for the Diamondbacks and uh, kind of slowed things down there and helped them get through the game, he uh, is the first reliever in uh, playoff history to throw more innings than the winning starting pitcher of the opposing team. How about that? Yes. As he, uh, I mean, in I, there and I don't have anything else to say about it, though. So <laughs> Mitch Garver, Evan Carter, Josh Young, and Nathaniel Lowe. I, I, I really did. I turned off at, at 7-0. At seven zero, yeah. I said, "I've seen enough here." And the ironic part being, the Diamondbacks got seven, yeah. right? Like, so it wasn't necessarily. It was. Over I mean, it was basically game Ra two of the. LDS. Ryan Frazier saw me tweet that I gave up on it, and he was like, uh, "Was that at seven zero? And I was like, hey, "He's like, it's already worse." <laughs> I said, "Yikes!" <laughs> I uh, I got through Shorzy last night. That made oh, me happy. Well, I did well appreciate that. That was good news. It was the first time um, that they were the first team in playoff history to score five runs with two outs in consecutive innings. I think it was the first time anyone scored. Five runs with two outs in any, like two, two separate okay. innings, in any game, okay. and they did it in the in the playoffs and in consecutive innings. Yeah, it, really was just, it was interesting. Remember, I give um, 
Oh, God. Joe Davis credit because at the beginning of the second inning, he was like, well, the first big surprise of the game, Joe Mantiply back out there, and then what's-his-face crushes the double immediately, and you're like, this could get ugly. But then they, he turns around and gets the strikeout afterwards, and you're like, ah, maybe everything's going to be all right here. Nope. Not the case. Uh, so the three, four, five, six hitters, which was Garver, Carter, Young, and uh, Lowe, they all combined for zero RBI last night. That was the and they scored still scored eleven runs, the most runs scored by any team ever to have zero RBIs uh, from their three, four, five, and six hitters. Uh, the story of the Rangers on the road in the playoffs will be one of the great statistical anomalies in the history of baseball. Like we will, have... we will never. If they win tonight, like it will go down as like you remember Cardale Jones. In the Ohio State, like yeah. it, it, you don't think of it, you don't think this isn't something you think of in lore, right? Like you don't talk about the great college football. We, we all talk about Vince Young, right? Well, it's the greatest championship performance in the history of humanity. Everybody says Vince Young immediately, right? The Cardale Jones story is the most bizarre, random story in the history. A third-string quarterback took the fourth seed and won the national championship. What in the ever-loving f? How did and he was brilliant. Like it wasn't that they you know, defense their way through it and he like got he went and won a national championship. It's one of the somebody would say Joe Flacco, but you know what I mean? Like it's one of the great anomalies ever. Yeah. What the Rangers are doing in the on the road in the playoffs will go down as one of the greatest anomalies in the history of baseball. They're not a, they're a wagon. They were one game away from losing. They they had to face two elimination games in the last series. What they're doing on the road is bat ass bonkers. It makes no sense. Um, speaking of defense, uh, that, that that you know Ohio State didn't play during that run. I'm uh, sure their defense was. I don't remember if their defense was good. Or the D backs and the Rangers have had the two best, like statistically, defensive seasons in terms of lowest errors. They were the second and third fewest errors in a 162 game season. And will be history. Really, what you're about to ask me is who has? There's zero chance. You should know. Should I? Because it's the Orioles. Yeah. In what in what year? 2013. What? The Orioles committed 54 errors. What a mid-team. <laughs> D-backs and Rangers had 56 and 57, uh, respectively. Okay. And they were okay. both in the World Series this year. Right. Um, the Raiders... Uh, is, it, is it good? Because it's 1232. Um, no, it's, it's Griffin's last day this week. So it's yeah, yeah. I got to get them all in. God. The Raiders, uh, in their eight games this season, have scored 21 or less points. They have not rushed for 100 yards yet. And they have committed at least one turnover every game. They are the first team to do all three of those things in their first eight games since at least 1941. Okay. Thanks to thanks Stephen Holder for pointing that out. It's not good. Uh, the Suns, your Suns had a 98. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. We had to mention. It. No, we don't. I'm aware of what happened. They did have a 98 percent chance to win at one point while up by 20, and they did lose to the Spurs. Last night. Um, and finally, Adolis Garcia, who is out for the rest of the season um, or the rest of the postseason and the World Series, uh, not before he set the single-season postseason record with RBIs uh, with 22 in a single postseason. No one has ever had more than that. Can you name the top seven, so six more, to round out the top seven postseasons uh, in terms of RBIs? In a single post. Only because his name has come up so much, I'm going to guess Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez, no, not on this I list. I don't know then. I'm never going to come up with it. This is not David Freeze. David Freeze is number two. 21 RBIs. Another his historical anomaly. Yeah, 21 like something championship performance. We'll, we'll never really know how to talk about. Well, yeah, Cardale Jones, David Freeze. Yeah, right. How many of these Joe are there? Joe Flacco. There's uh, now five more. Five more. Uh, uh, 
David Ortiz. David Ortiz, yes. 19 RBIs in the 2004 run. Uh, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez, yes. Hey! In the 2009, 18 RBIs in the 2000. All the guys had 18 or more RBIs on this list. Uh, Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is not on the list. I thought because we again he yeah. seems to be on every damn list that we have about playoff things. Man Ramirez had fourteen. That's the most he is had. Is there an Astro on the list? There is not an Astro oh, on okay. the list. Uh, is there? Uh, I cut. That's my cutoff right that's there. Cutoff. Yeah, Carlos Correa is right outside my cutoff here. Uh, okay. Um, is there a Yankee? Yeah, uh, Rodriguez is the only Yankee. Oh, yeah. Is there another Red Sox? There is. Yes, there is another Red Sox. Is there the only Red Sox because Randy did not. Well, I, I said David Ortiz. Oh, you did say okay. Then so right. is there another no. Red Sox? No, sorry. Okay, I forgot that you said David Ortiz. Is there a Dodger? Yes, there is. Is it Justin Turner? It is not Justin Turner. Is it? Is it modern? Yes. Seeger? Yes, okay. Corey Seeger with the 2020 Dodgers. Is there cuz it seems like they all have to be modern yeah. because there's so many more playoff games. Is there a e, Ray? E, no. Is there a Cardinal? No. It is Is there a Giant? No. So they are modern, but they were it was 97 and 2002. Nice. With the last two. 97 the Marlin. Um no. A Cleveland feller. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Albert Bell. Not Albert Bell. 97's a little too early for Tomy. Yeah, not Tomy. Thome. Uh, I don't think it was Kenny Lofton. It wasn't Kenny Lofton. Pretty sure it wasn't Omar Vizquel. It wasn't Omar Vizquel. God. Uh, who else was a 97? Yeah, uh, exactly. art, artist formerly known as the Indians. Sandy Alomar? <laughs> Sandy Alomar. Shut up. Really? Yep. Sandy Alomar had 19 RBIs. Uh, I was going to be scratching my head to see who else was on the 97 team. Playoff run there. And then in 2002. Uh, 2002. 2002. That would have been a an angel? Mm-hmm. Tim Salmon. Not Tim Salmon. J.T. Snow. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's kind of random. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. I mean. Garrett Garrett Anderson wasn't there in 02, no. right? Uh, 02... Who was Gary? Troy Gloss. No, not Troy Gloss. That's what, you know, of, of the angels that you would think of, he is not. Darren Erstad? No. All right. I mean, this is getting. This might be awkward. Uh, I'm trying to think of what. Vernon Wells wasn't there. Right? No, not no, Vernon too. Wells. Sean Figgins? No. I'm not even sure who these guys were. I'm just naming, just keep naming, naming players. I think he was the same position as Gloss, because I think they brought third Gloss. Baseman, oh, third baseman. Well, it wasn't Roland. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'm coming up with this one, Chief. It was. Uh, make sure I pronounce his last name right. Scott. Spe- oh, Spezio. Scott Spezio. Scott Spezio had we 19 RBI. We could have been here all year. <laughs> Griffin would have missed his trip. Oh my God. <laughs> We could have been here. I'm. There's no chance. Scott, Scott Spezio should have had given that one to Patrick Stevens, and then he would have come up with it. All right, Name there the four he, teams that Scott yeah, Spezio. Right? Do you think they be good? Montreal, maybe. No. Okay, then I'm not gonna come up with it. Scott Spezio was. Was he a Cleveland? <laughs> no. St. Louis. Mm, yes, okay. and it is ended his career in St. Louis. Boston. Not Boston. 
Okay. The rest of them were West Coast teams. Oh, Dodgers. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Mariners. Yes. All right. Giants. No. Athletics. Athletics. All right. Yeah. Hey. Anaheim, Oakland, Seattle. Named all of them. St. Louis. All right, we got to go. It's 12:38. What are we doing? T- tubular. Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota de- dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer t- t- today. Today, Junior. Um, tonight, game five of the World Series. Rangers try to close it out. Nathan Eovaldi, Zach Gallen, 8 o'clock on Fox. Loyola wraps up the regular season in soccer, 6 o'clock against America on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, more action tonight, ESPN2. Yes. Ball State, Bowling Green at 7. Kent State, Akron at 7.30 on ESPNU. Wizards, Hawks at 7.30 on <laughs> Monumental Sports. I don't know why, but for some reason, uh, we were at Trivia on Monday night before... Wizards the, game going on, huh? Before the football game and the baseball game started, they had the Wizards game on like one on of the like TVs. the main TV? I, it wasn't the main TV, oh, okay. but like I don't even know why they had it on any TV. <laughs> and I looked up, I'm like, was that the Wizards game? Like, why would that be on? And then I looked down in the corner, and it says, like, 40 to 11 or something like that. I'm just like, they were down. Mid-season form, baby! God, they were down, like, 77 to 50 at halftime. God, they are so bad. Uh, but that's all they know. ESPN, Pelicans, Thunder, 7.30. Clippers, Lakers at 10. TNT, Sabres, Flyers at 7. Blues, Avalanche at 9.30. M- MLS playoffs, Atlanta United, Columbus Crew, 7.30 on FS1. TBS for AEW Dynamite at 8. Non-sports, anything? Um, No, not really. Sylvester Stallone will be on uh, Fallon. I don't know he's what he's got, plugging, but he's I'm got, listening. Um, I'm listening. I wrote it down. Oh, he's got a documentary, uh, Sly, on Netflix Friday. Really? Yes. Oh, I know what I'm doing on Friday. <laughs> And then uh, Survivor. Awkward, awkward when I don't show up at St. Francis on Friday night. <laughs> Survivor, of course, and uh, that's those, those are the highlights. All the right. rest. Ink Masters, new season on Paramount. Only on Paramount Plus, though. Oh, otherwise, I was going to be, you know, I would have, I binge every episode. Of Ink Masters. Never missed Ink Masters. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, thanks today to Marvin Lewis. Thanks to the great Jim Nance. Thanks to Ken Zalis. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Griffin is gone. Daddy gone. The love is gone for the next few days. Ryan will be in with me tomorrow, but more... No offense. More importantly, it's our college basketball preview. Patrick Stevens will join us in the studio. We know we're talking to uh, the coaches from Loyola, UMBC, Morgan, Towson. I think Coppin. I think. I hope. And that's also the frustrating part because I wanted to extend the invites to Mount St. Mary's and Navy too, but I was waiting to get those coaches to nail down who was coming in when. <sighs> it's fun preparing yeah. these shows. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. That's why we have producers so that I can do all the work. Uh, but we'll do that tomorrow. We do it every year. And um, if if you say, hey, that doesn't do it for me, one, I would encourage you to like give it a shot. I always say this when we get to the end of football season. It frustrates me when people are like, I guess I'll pay attention to the Capitals now. Like We have stuff going on here. College basketball is the best. Here. We, maybe pay attention to that a little bit. Uh, it just drives me nuts. But uh, if not, we'll be right back to normal on Friday. So just one day we're doing a college basketball. UBC basketball, basketball games rock. I, are, I agree with that. Those are a lot of fun. I, I like going to I like going to I take the kids to Towson yeah. games all the time. I take the kids to Loyola games. I I used to go all the time to Morgan games. I I, I like Patrick will inevitably drag me out to a Coppin game. That will happen. I'm definitely gonna go uh, to the women's game. I'm definitely going to an Angel Reese. We should do the now. show. Do, do they have another 11 a.m. game? Don't they? Like, do they? I if the, we should. I once did a, a UMBC. We did the show from a UMBC afternoon mm. game one time. We did that, uh, Patrick and I. So I'd be I'd be up for it. I'd be up for mm. taking the show on the road for a basketball game at some point. 
All right, uh, very good. Thanks today to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Constantine, Superbook Sports, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan. It's uh, Rex Bex Ryan. At what anyway, we'll deal with that another time. <laughs> what is that? Uh, have a great Wednesday night. Go, no uh, go Loyola Soccer. Duke sucks. <laughs>